What up, what up, what up? Top of the morning here on the Coach AB Show, man. 6 to 9 a.m. Pacific every day. Short, fast, skinny, and tall. We bring it all. Welcome in, welcome in on this fine Monday. Menace Monday. Zach Smith will be joining us here in the first hour. Matt McChesney will join me in a second. We got a special guest at 1 o'clock today again, once uh, later on for members only. Cody Purvis, the great country western singer from down south in Tennessee. We'll get to him later on this afternoon. Um, Today, though, we're going to talk all things Tua. Should he be diving head fucking first? We're going to break that down. Plus, so much more NFL talk from the weekend. Zach's going to join in. We're going to talk all things college football and the rankings. Another year, another year without a Pac-12 contender in the BCS. Looks like facts, and that's the word of the day. A thing is known to be proven true. That's what a fact is. We're going to break that down. Plus, my contrary to belief segment, and, of course, the quote of the day. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Head on over to CoachJBStore.com. Get you some gear. And, uh, man, I can't wait to get this show going. This week's going to be fire. Light up the scoreboard, man. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. See you in a few. What up, what up? Welcome in, welcome in. This show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Head on over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-I-V, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, BELIEVE50. Make sure you use that as a promo code. Get you 50% off. Welcome bonus. Monday Night Football is here. Mac Jones back or Zappy staying in? You can bet all those things on betonline.ag. Head on over there and use the promo code B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Believe 50. Tell them I sent you. Also, this show is brought to you by Canadips. Canadips CBD. Go get you a 10. Use the promo code COACHJB. Is all caps, by the way. CanadipsCBD.com. Later on, I'll have a new little promo for that. And we'll show it. Um, Appreciate everybody joining in today on this fine, merciless Monday, Menace Monday with Zach Smith. We're going to break down all things, um, all things football, all things college, NFL, you name it. We're going to get into everything. So uh, let me get you started with the quote of the day, though. Got to get you off right. Uh, This is a Monday. A lot of you guys have hangovers from Sunday, football, barbecue, whatever it may be. Uh, you guys have probably had to deal with that, and you're probably still fucked up. Um, quote of the day on the ticker down there. When things aren't adding up in your life, start subtracting. Real simple quote, but it's really, really to the point, and it's real, real shit. When things aren't adding up in your life, start fucking subtracting. It's real simple. That's not that hard to understand either. But a lot of you guys don't grasp that concept. A lot of you guys don't realize that. So... Um, that's a real simple, 
addition by subtraction type of quote that you know I love to say. Addition by subtraction is a real thing. So if you guys don't know that, um, you guys need to uh, check that out. Addition by subtraction. Um, contrary to belief, I want to get to that uh, also real quick because you know I love doing my contrary to belief. By the way, decommit is not a real fucking word. Look at this. The word you've entered isn't in the dictionary. Click on a spelling suggestion below or try again using the search bar above. That is a real fucking Google search, by the way. All you transfer portal fucks, this is a real thing. Decommit does not exist. Stop fucking saying it. Stop typing it in Twitter when you decommit. There's no such fucking thing. Guess what pops up when you hit decommit? Commit. Commitment is a real word. That is what's in there. But decommit sure ain't. So you should fucking, you should probably stop being so ignorant and listening to everybody on Twitter when they fucking use words that don't even exist. Check it out. It's a real thing. Um, Word of the day is fact. A thing is known to be proven true by definition. That is what fact means. Fucking fact is the word of the day. You guys defy the word. You guys literally will get proven something to you. And you'll sit there and be like, nah, that ain't right. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, dog, are you shitting me? Slapdick of the day, Tom Brady's got to be the guy. Tom Brady has to be the slapdick of the day. Sorry, I uh, just got to get that out the way. Tom Brady has to be slapdick of the day, dog. He, he looks decrepit. Uh, I think I've been on this record on this show saying that the Bucks were going to struggle this year uh, mildly. I thought Tom Brady was going to struggle. I don't think he has two feet in. Um, then you add Giselle drama to it. I think the Bucks are in trouble. I told you the head coach Bowles, I like a lot on defense. I don't like as a head coach. I don't think anyone's challenging Tom Brady. I don't think any players are challenging Tom Brady. And I think the Bucks are sh- up shit creek without a paddle. They got thoroughly dominated by a Panthers team ironically won by using my method how fucking ironic have the panthers looked without shitbird robbie anderson without mccaffrey by the way who i don't know if he's a shitbird but they got rid of him for a reason and that's addition by subtraction (laughs) and guess what they've won a football game they've actually looked better they got, they're riding for the interim head coach. Addition by subtraction, and you beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21-3. Oh, it makes sense to me. I don't know, but what do I know? Um, addition by subtraction is a real fucking thing. You should check it out because the Bucs found out last night addition by subtraction is real deal. And they got their ass whooped last night. And I don't know, man. Tom Brady's got to be the slapstick of the day. That's got to be. That's real shit. Uh, they got to be. They, they, they just got to be it. Sorry. Um, yeah. Lamar struggled a little bit. Uh, they got the win. Um, Browns kicked, missed a field goal late in the game. But we're going to get into all things football, man. Plus, now I got film. So, whoo, this going to be dangerous moving forward, dog. Mac Jones expected to start tonight. Um uh, as we get into the pre-snap read portion of this show, brought to you by Canada Dips. 
Candidate CBD, welcome in. Appreciate all you guys. We're gonna, we're gonna jump. We're gonna jump right into the pre-snap read portion of this show. Um, let me get that figured out. Um, Mac Jones supposed to start tonight. Supposed. S P O S E D. Supposed to, motherfucker. That's how Ebonics One Hundred and One says it. Supposed to. S P O S E D. He's supposed to. I don't know if Mac Jones um, should start. I'm not sure of that. Let me let me put a poll question while we talk about this though, because uh, poll question right here on the ticker. Whole question today. What did you think about Tua diving head first all fucking game? What did you think about Tua diving head first all goddamn game? Uh, I'm gonna see if Matt can find a clip of that shit. Uh he was just he was just diving head first, fucking heads up, dropping a shoulder. Like, we're so cautious about safety (laughs) but brian mitchell was on my show friday and he laughed at it too i said give me one word brian what today's game is and he summed it up by saying confusing i don't think there is a better word to use than confusing fucking confusing is the word so we want safety we want safety we want safety don't hit the quarterback low don't hit him high Let's take out kickoff return. Uh, I haven't seen a punt return, dog, it seems like in years. Have, has anyone returned a punt? Like, have anyone thought about this? Um, but yeah, two is out there running around, reckless abandonment, dog. Fuck it. He don't care. And uh, God forget, God willing, he's okay and keeps going. But goddamn, dog, you're waiting for another knockout blow. Like I'm just telling you, you're waking, you're waiting for another nasty ass collision, and uh, we're not doing shit about it. We don't give a fuck. We don't give a fuck. Yeah, but I haven't even seen a punt return. Like, has have we actually caught a punt return and took it to the house? I don't know. I don't know, dog. I don't know. Yeah, I saw the return in the preseason. I'm talking about, I haven't seen a fucking punt return, kickoff return. I haven't seen shit. So, um, they're grown men. They know the risk better than anyone. Then let them fucking play football then, grown men. Let them play football, then fuck your channel, whatever the name your name is. How about fuck your channel and shut the fuck up? Because you're on my channel, bitch. <laughs> How about that shit? How about let them play, then, if they're so grown men? How about we hit the quarterback again? How about we allow kickoff return and put the wedge breaker back in, then, if they're such grown men? Dumb fuck. How about you join the right conversation and understand what the fuck I'm talking about? Dumb fuck your channel. How about you figure that out? Shout out these nuts. 
How about you learn how to shut the fuck up on someone else's platform before you start talking? Become a member, motherfucker. How about they're grown men, let's let them play? How about then you let them fucking hit the quarterback? How about you fucking let them hit them across the middle? How about we can put kickoff return back in since you're such a grown man, motherfucker? How about you do that? Shut the fuck up. Then you're a troll-made bitch-ass cat with a fucked-up name then, motherfucker. So shut the fuck up now. All right, so we're going to move on to... Um, pre-snap read. Mac Jones expected to start. I wouldn't start the motherfucker. Why? Why would I start him? Like, I'm just curious. Why would I start him? I wouldn't start Mac Jones right now. He's There's no reason. There's no reason to start Mac Jones right now. Zappi's playing well. The Patriots are looking find, to find an identity and now you want to rush Mac Jones back, who I don't even know if he's better than Zappy. The poll question is, what did you think about Tua diving head first last night all game and going heads up? Um, DJ Metcalf left the game with a, uh, versus the Chargers with a knee injury. I don't know how serious it is. Uh their passing game looked dormant. I was up $3,500 on DraftKings. He went out. He gave me two points all game. I got fucked. I ended up winning like 80 bucks. I was up 3500 If Betcalf would have balled, which I think he was going to do, I could have fucking been a couple thousand dollars richer today. Uh, hope DK, DJ Metcalf's back. Uh, fuck my DraftKings. That's what people don't get. People really be on Twitter hot that their player got hurt. That their player got hurt. Like, dog, man, fucking Metcalf, he fucked me last night. This motherfucker's career might be done, motherfucker. You're worried about your fucking $20 DraftKing entry, bitch-ass cat. I'm just fucking around when I said it. I really did pick him, though. But you think I'm worried about my $20 over him possibly not playing anymore? Yeah, if I'm fucking around with you on Twitter. But not in seriousness. Like, I've coached these dudes. I'm not going to let wish upon a motherfucking injury. The bottom line is, though, motherfuckers really living that life out there. You fucking troll bottom feeders really live life on social media in a capsule thinking that draft, fantasy draft, fantasy leagues are real life. You fuckers really think you're out there on the field. Like, I think you have wet dreams thinking you're really out there playing. Like, you're really on someone's show. Like, you're really doing the shit that these other cats do. You guys are so jealous one's envy that you really think that shit. Like, you're dressing up at home. <laughs> you're really dressing up at home, dog. Eating fucking chips. And you're like, damn, that should have been me. You're like Uncle Rico, homie. If I would have played, if coach would have put me in, that's all you fuckers live. You guys are living that real shit. If coach would have put me in, I'd have threw that ball across the motherfucking mountains over there. <laughs> Dog. Motherfuckers are spatting up at home, homie. You cats are spatting up. You're taping ankles and shit at the house eating donuts 
as your fucking wobble body wife is running in and out of the kitchen making you chicken wings. You motherfuckers are sitting there really taped up, spatted up, got fucking headbands on, out there looking like fucking Jim McMahon in 85. And you think that you fucking the guy that is really, really dependent on a fucking draft, Kings. <laughs> Holy shit, dog. It's blowing my mind, man. It's blowing my mind. We're going to get into the show, but I hope DK, DJ Metcalf is okay. T's and P's to him. Giannis goes for 40 on his for his 30th time in the regular season. He went for 44 points, 17 to 21 shooting performance, only 28 minutes. He also got 12 boards, three assists. Um, with LeBron being shitty with the shitty team right now, is is this Giannis's league? Is this Giannis's league? Or are you guys still hope, talking that KD shit? Because I think it's Giannis's league. Um, it's clearly, I think he's the best player in, in the NBA. And I don't even really love his game. I just think he's a big old freak of nature again. He's another like Shaquille O'Neal, hybrid LeBron, hybrid fucking, you know, kind of like a just a long slashing freak that can jump out of the gym. His shot's getting a little better. But is he the most dominant player in the NBA right now? I would have to say yes. I would have to say he is. Yeah, but Tatum, to me, Tatum's not that guy that's going to – I'm not scared of Tatum. Tatum would drop 40 on you at any given moment, but I don't know if Tatum's the consistent guy we need Giannis to be – that Giannis is. Like, Tatum disappeared in the the finals a little bit until they were down so big that he finally got big points, but they didn't – Golden State didn't give a fuck. The series was over. I want to see Tatum do that shit in crunch time in the finals and get him a ring. Giannis has done that in the finals in crunch time and got him a ring. So I think Giannis is a step ahead of Tatum, KD right now. Uh, You know, there's a lot of these other guys. John Morant, to me, just I don't know if he's a guy that you can really just throw everyone on his shoulders and ride the team out. I don't know if that guy's there yet. Luka can take over a game, but again, I don't think Luka is made for – carrying a team on his back consistently to win a title. Luke is not made that way. And I don't believe he has the pieces around him either. And Luke is not that he's a wobble body. He's not Giannis who can sustain and bang and be dependable and athletic. Luca's hurt dog. Luca's hurt a lot. Luca has a Mac Jones physique. I think he's hurt too much, and he's and he's an injury away from being done. And I, I just don't know. I, I hate how Luca bitches and moans and sucks his teeth, though, much more than than Giannis does. But the whole league sucks their teeth in a bitch made. So NBA is a bunch of fucking bitch made cats who suck their teeth. I mean, that's just is what it is. So I mean, I'm just being honest. That's what they do. Um. I, that's what I think. I don't know. Uh, Lakers lose yet again, 0-3. Were they better without Russell Westbrook? I have to say yes. I think they were better with CP. What's his name? Caldwell Pope. I think they were better with Caldwell Pope and Kuzma, to be honest. I think they were better with Kuzma and Caldwell Pope than they are with Russell Westbrook. 
Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook. They're all the same motherfucker. I think they were better without Russell Westbrook. And I think you're seeing the end of LeBron right here in L.A. Just for the fact that LeBron is is depending and waiting on LeBron is waiting on his son to get out of high school and 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 and, and we're gonna pick him. We're gonna get our my son. Now that's the Lakers' first fucking thing. I'm not getting your son if he's not fucking good. This is a fucking real profession we're playing here. This is a real big boy league. This ain't a fucking commercial ass fucking new movie for you to write motherfucker we're losing in the lakers this organization is the winningest of all time we're fucking looking like a shit show we're gonna draft your son just to have you make another fucking space jam motherfucker fuck your son i'm not re- drafting your son give me some fucking pieces that can shoot let me ask you something dog i gotta get into something real quick It is said by, quote, LeBron James, we can't shoot. We have no shooters. It is said by Darvin Ham, the head coach, prior to the season, I know Russell Westbrook can't shoot. I know he can't shoot. Let me ask you something, Darvin Ham. If you came out and said you know Russell Westbrook can't shoot, And LeBron, let me ask you something, homie. You came out and said, we can't shoot. We have no shooters. Then why the fuck are you guys shooting more threes than anyone else in the fucking NBA? Why do you have the lowest shooting percentage in the NBA? Because you said you can't shoot. It is true. So now, let's stop fucking doing it. LeBron's taking fucking Steph Curry threes from the top of the key late in the game against Portland. And he's the guy saying we can't shoot. Dog, it is fucking blown. I'm told you, dog, these motherfucking players run the leagues. Players run the league. It is a player-driven league. They run the league. And when we gave the keys to these kids to run the league, you fucked up. You know you fucked up. Hey, coach. Darvin Ham's the dude. Darvin Ham's the new dude. Really? Hell yeah, he's a gangster. He's a fucking gangster. They don't, they're scared of that motherfucker. Really? Hell yeah, Russell Westbrook can't do that shit he did with fucking, with, uh, you know, Frank Vogel. Oh, really? Hell nah. Darvin Ham will choke slam that motherfucker. Really? First preseason game, Russell Wilson don't shake Beverly's hand. Looks like a bitch. <laughs> Darvin Ham says, I'm a bench. I'm this motherfucker looking at him side-eyed as fuck. He don't do shit. Like, get the fuck out of here. Hey, dog, we're going to do what I do. This is my team. Really? Russell Westbrook shoots nine threes game one. 0 for 9. <laughs> Direct correlation of fuck you, Darvin Ham. I'm shooting threes. Guess what? You still play him. But you're a gangster. We're scared of you. Get the fuck out of here. They chose to pick you, motherfucker. You're another sorry-ass soft coach. They chose you to be the coach so they can run the show. They're not going to pick a coach JB to come in that motherfucker. You think they want discipline and fucking hard coaching? You think the leagues want that nowadays? You think NBA and NFL want hard coaching? 
Why do you think there's so many math majors walking up and down the sideline? Dog, it's hard to watch this Daniel Cat or whatever his name is in the Dolphins. Like watching him on the sideline is like watching my fucking CPA fucking tell me that I owe back taxes, motherfucker. That is how bad the sidelines in the NFL look. The NBA's headed that way. They have already been that way. And you definitely don't got to play in the NBA to fucking coach. And now you don't have to play in the NFL to fucking coach. But what do I know? Like, it's bad times, dog, to be an American professional sports fan. It is a bad time to be an American professional sports fan. God damn it. We need to fix this shit. It's a fucking... It's just a theory I got. I don't know. Phillies get back to the World Series for the first time since 09. Bryce Harper is trying to best his best to earn that $330 million contract. The Yankees get swept. So you got a top three payroll. Yankees, Dodgers, both out of the fucking tournament. You got the Phillies in here who are a blue-collar grind team that are in the World Series, and they're going to play the Astros, the biggest cheating fucks of all, who knocked out – who who – who, in my opinion, the Dodgers would have won that World Series that first year uh, that they got caught. So, um, but, you know, it is what it is, right? If my auntie had balls, she'd be my uncle. So the Astros won. So it looks like the Astros are going to win again. And uh, so the Astros-Phillies in the World Series, I guess. Um, The Astros are in the World Series for the fourth time in six years, dog. That's crazy. Astros are the real deal, huh? I remember the Astros used to be a National League team. They used to play in the Astrodome, the worst fucking facility in the in in the world in Major League Baseball. Had this old ass, decrepit turf. It stank like dog piss. It was the hottest place. The fucking place smelled like piss and shit. And it was fucking packed. And it was hot as fucking there. And the Astrodome was the worst place. And the Houston Astros were the worst fucking team and organization for so long. They were shitty. Now these motherfuckers in the World Series four out of six years. (laughs) Uh, Christopher Chapman, I'll stop crying, dog. Shit, I'll stop crying. Thanks for joining the show, though. Your girl's under my desk crying, too, right now. Because she's saying, ah, and then the back of her throat's getting gagged. And then she's crying out fucking tears of joy and that she doesn't have to be with you and she can have a real man. (laughs) Thanks a lot for joining the show though. Bitch made cat. I love my bitch made cat. She's my fucking biggest fans. Um, Dak Prescott gets the win. First game back 24 to six. They beat the mighty Detroit lions. He looked absolutely atrocious, absolutely atrocious in the first half. He looked absolutely garbage. Um, They fumbled the football, and I I cannot stress enough, love to see the fucking Twitter comments when I said, can't wait for Cooper Rush to be trending next Monday. How is the drop ball and a fumble by the receiver Dak Prescott's fault? Well, they were down 6-3 to when it happened. I didn't say the fumble was Dak Prescott's fault. I said the obvious, you fucking dumb idiots. They were losing 6-3 to to the Detroit Lions in the second quarter. 
When did I say the fumble by the receiver was Dak Prescott's fault? I said Cooper Rush would be trending because they were fucking losing six to three. That is what I said. So, holy fuck, some of you guys are dumb. Job security is ball security. Without that, without further ado, let's get into my main man. Uh, I got to bring his uh, deal up, too, by the way. Uh, make sure you follow him on TikTok or on uh, TikTok, Twitter, IG, everything, Zach Smith. Um, he hates, he hates uh, Tim Brando. I want to put that on the bottom right there. But make sure you check him out on all his platforms, streaming platforms, plus Minister Sports on YouTube. He's got a big channel going, does a great job breaking everything down. Welcome in, my brother. <laughs> hey, hey, you always you always got to throw it out there. Poor Tim Brando. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know who that is, though. Is that the Tim Brando, the OG Tim Brando that used to announce games and shit? Yeah, he still announces them. Like, he, he, he and I got into it on Twitter because he said some dumb shit about Nebraska. And I, I honestly, you know, I, I coached football for 15 years. I never watched like live games. Really. I have no idea who this guy is. And I know he's, he's like, I mean, he's going to be a broadcasting hall yeah. of fame guy, yeah. but I just didn't know who he was. And I wasn't being disrespectful, but I was like, bro, that's, that's a bad take. Like, no. And he started going in and I was, and then he, sure enough, that next Saturday, he's doing the Ohio state game and everyone is blowing me up. <laughs> oh shit. Hey, that's how me and Dan Orlowski started our relationship. Like I used to blast him because he he would call zone, you know, he would call inside zone, like zone read Lamar. And it's like fucking counter Trey like, Reed on the backside. And I'm like, so you know, Pat hooked us up, we squashed it, we got to talk. So he's he's supposed to come on the show. So we're gonna break some quarterback stuff down. Uh hopefully soon this week or next. Uh man, what's up, man? What what's your what's your take on all this uh all this college football things that's happening? Is LSU like a legit contender in the West? I mean, it, it looks like it. I mean, it, and, and well, you know what? it's, it's, it's funny because. Coach. Huh? Yeah, we, we knew, knew it. Right. Kelly could coach contrary to the belief of the weirdness. We knew he could coach. Right. And that's, that's, that's been my take. Our take from day one is like, listen, I think this guy's going to fail at LSU because he's a weirdo and that's not going to work out well in recruiting, but the fucker knows football and he can coach. <laughs> and that's just, you saw it at Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame was a great fit for him because you can just recruit like, you know, high academic kids. Like you don't have to go in in and get like, you know, a kid in South Florida that, that you know, you, you got to recruit different at LSU than you do at, at Notre Dame. But, I mean, he he just whooped the shit out of Lane Kiffin. I mean. Yeah, I, didn't get, I didn't get to watch no college football. That's why I love having you on Monday. Um, you know, I didn't see the game. Uh what is like the biggest things that stood out to you this past weekend from from the college side? I know LSU put it on L- Ole Miss. Is it, what else did you take from it? Um, what 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 were the big takeaways? I know Bama pretty much put the D back on uh, the Mississippi State um, yeah. Leach led team. Well, Bama uh, standouts from the weekend. I mean, Bama, the the I guess the the relevant news in the national landscape. Bama kind of found their second corner. I don't know why he wasn't playing, but the Elias Ricks kid, who was a five-star, all everything, went to LSU, transferred to Bama, and hasn't really played much this year. And then they got scorched by Tennessee. And it really, they have one corner. His name's Kool Aid. Fucking my favorite name in in college football. Kool Aid McKinnistry. Sounds sounds like some made up shit. But he he's 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 legit. He's a legit corner. I mean, he he gave up one catch in that Tennessee debacle for like seven yards. And other than that, they couldn't get open on him, but it was just the rest of the secondary was awful. And so they, they Nick Saban finally made the switch and put this Eli Ricks kid in and he was locked down. They, they targeted him 10 times. He had like 
six PBUs, one catch for 10 yards. Like he was locked down. So Damn. Bama's a different team if they have two legit corners and they ha they haven't all year. Now it looks like they might. So so I would expect them to kind of rebound back and, and probably win the SEC like they always do. Um, but I think the real like, you know, I'm, I'm into the national landscape and the shit shows. I, I don't give a fuck about the middle. I just want to see like the absolute shit shows and then the national elite teams. So the shit shows right now are Texas A&M and Jimbo. Gee, he is he lost a fucking also, South Carolina. South Carolina? South Carolina and Shane oh, Beamer beat his that. ass. Oh, and it's bad. And, and and he's 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 about to lose four in a row because he's got Ole Miss next. If he loses four in a row, add in the App State loss early in the year. I don't give a fuck what his buyout is. That son of a bitch might be gone. Dog, how, that is crazy. South Carolina, they, have they put a string together here? Yeah, they're five and two right now. And they, they got Missouri and Vandy next. They're going to be seven and two. Holy shit. Uh, Shane Beamer's goofy ass. Hey, I, I talked to Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah? Yeah, he hit me up out of nowhere on on uh, on Instagram, man. I was like, hey, dog, ask Dave if he can let you on my fucking show. <laughs> and uh, he was just like big fan coach. I said, hey, man, keep balling, man. He's like, no doubt, whoop-de-whoop. And I said, good luck this weekend or whatever. But uh, they didn't play, did they? Yeah, Ohio State played Iowa. Oh, and that's right. In the, the, I mean, they won 54 to 10. But Ohio State fans are like the the sky is falling right now because Iowa Iowa is you talk about another shit show. This whole Brian Friends, the offensive coordinator, the son of the head coach, they turned the ball over to Ohio State six times, and I mean Ohio State didn't play well, but I mean they just they handed them the game. They they scored fifty four points and the offense didn't look good at all. Oh, and so let me ask you this. All I keep seeing on Twitter is, and that's I had. I was like, I can't. I'm not gonna say nothing. I want to see what Zach says. Uh, like I've had like Clint Stoner on here, played in the league, Arkansas, yeah. great quarterback in college, played in the league for the Cowboys. I've had him on the show. He he tweeted out something. I was like, oh shit, let me get Zach's take. He was like, Bryce Young, hands down, the best quarterback in college football. C.J. Stroud's not even close. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, he's he's not wrong. It, it just it depends on what the conversation is. And that's what I think the problem is. A lot of people make statements and it's like, all right, what are we actually talking about? If we're is talking it, about it, like, as, was, was CJ off this past game? No, he, I mean, yeah, he, he was, he was off. He, he didn't play well. The offense didn't play well. The, the play calling wasn't great. I mean, they, they literally ended the first half and they got handed the ball on the Iowa side of the field four times, essentially right outside the red zone and, and settled for four field goals. Like they just couldn't score. Um, and then in the, like, like Ohio state does like Ryan day does. And like CJ does in the second half. I mean, the first two drives weren't great. He threw a pick, uh, then a three and out. And then after that, they rattled off four straight touchdown drives. And it's like, okay, that's the offense we expect. But it's just, you look at a game like that, like Iowa's terrible. If that team was any good, that would have been a dog fight. But really? to, to that conversation, like Bryce young is a far better football player. But if you're talking about, just dropping back and throwing a football, CJ's just a better pure passer. But that you know, so that's that's the conversations that I always have on my shows. Like, listen, CJ, we can talk about his talent, his arm talent, like how how accurate he is, his arm strength, all that. He he's a, you know one number one in the country at all that stuff. But if you talk about a guy you want trotting out on the field and leading your offense, Bryce Young, and it's not even close. Okay, I got you. You know better than anyone. Shit, I don't get to watch it enough. Uh, let me ask you this. Agree or disagree? Uh, ask you a few things. Is is Ole Miss now done? 
I mean, we'll see. It seems like these programs that that they're they're on that undefeated streak, and then the minute it breaks, like Kansas lost again. You know, the minute it breaks, it's like all of a sudden they're they're susceptible to lose every week. Have you heard my take on this? Have you heard my take on this? No, I've been talking about it for the last few weeks. I said this is the most single most. I've never seen a team beat a team multiple times that oh, I, yeah, like yeah. I've seen this this year. Like I. Like it could like TCU is still beating KU from three right. weeks ago. You right. know what I mean? And, and yeah. I see it over and over and over. And like, um, I'm curious to see this week, Zach. Is 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 Oregon going to beat UCLA twice in a row? Because UCLA yeah. now has to play. They have to the back end of their <laughs> deal. And I'm like, this continues to happen. Who's gonna is is Ole Miss going to lose to fucking LSU twice in a row? And right. and it seems to be happening at an all time rate. Um, now I'm. I, I would almost bet the house that Syracuse goes on a losing streak. Yeah, right. Like that's just what we have now, man. So I'm curious to get your take on this whole thing. Like, is Ole Miss bounce back 24 hour rule like we've all coached, or yeah. are they going to get back? Lane gets them going, and they they go on a win streak and and finish with one loss. I don't know. Well, they got to go. They got to go to College Station and Texas A&M. I mean, Texas A&M's a shit show, but that's still not an easy win. Um, but you. I think you really find out the 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 fibers of the culture of a program when a team loses, right? And and you, you can imagine a school like Kansas, right? As good of a job as Lance Leopold has done, as much as he's turned it around, it's still ingrained in their beings to be a shitty football team, right? And so the minute that the minute that first loss happens, it's like, ah fuck, we're Kansas, we forgot. And then they just become Kansas again. Yeah. <laughs> and and so you know, a program like Alabama, no, a, a loss for Alabama is only going to level them up because it's going to refocus them. It's going to humble them. Same with Ohio State. If Ohio State drops a game, that's only going to be a good thing for the the quality of football they they play moving forward. Um, it's, so it depends on the team, but I agree with you. There, there's certain programs like Syracuse. That's another one. I mean, they're riding this this high wave. They get they lose a, a game. Honestly, they could have won. And yeah, no. Everyone walks in the facility on Sunday and looks and sees that like S on their chest. And they're like, oh yeah, fuck. I forgot. We're Syracuse. My, yeah. I, we still I suck. Forgot that. We still yeah. suck on the landscape of things. Uh, right. Let me ask you this. Agree to disagree. Another year, another year without a Pac-12 playoff team. Um, it, it's sure looking that way. I mean, I, it's, you're going to have to have a lot of teams lose for a team like Oregon to make it, especially because I think Oregon's the, the obviously the best shot to make it right now. And, I don't care if it's week one. I don't care what it, if Georgia's the best team ever. Losing a game in that fashion, it's hard for a playoff committee to say, yep, they're one of the best four teams. Because all eyes were on them that day. Oh, I mean, it was it was like the most embarrassing thing ever, right? They look bad. And since then, though, I mean, you know, I, mean, I know both- Dillingham, he's a young OC. I think he just turned fucking 30. He was the youngest Power 5 OC in the country for a while at Auburn and Florida State and uh, I, he, I've known him for a long time. He's a young kid at, with Norville, Arizona State, as an analyst, bookworm kid. Now, Lanning hires him as his OC. He brings Auburn's QB with them because he was at Auburn for a minute. Um, now they seem to have things rolling. Chip Kelly can't beat Oregon since he's left there. He's 0-4, I believe, at UCLA against Oregon. Uh, Oregon, you agree, though, is the only shot in that yeah. deal because SC I think lost too late as you know it's a little bit of West Coast bias on this thing because we don't get to see Pac-12 teams play on the East Coast as much and I think if you lose in the middle of the season towards the back end you're fucking done compared to an Alabama who loses whatever they want they can lose game nine and still get in um 
I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. I just looking at it, looking at it, Zach, over the last few weeks, watching Utah get blown by UCLA, struggle, uh, beat SC. I I don't think there's worthy of a fucking BCS appearance. No, and it's if USC's biggest problem is going to be one UCLA, UCLA loss. If UCLA was undefeated going into that game, that would have been a nice little benchmark win. And then Notre Dame sucks. I mean, if you look at it, a one point loss at Utah, not a, I mean, you could get over that if they could rattle off a couple big wins down the stretch. But if UCLA falls off, Notre Dame's bad. That They don't really have a win on their schedule where you're like, yep, that team's legit. Like, who the fuck was good? Washington State, Arizona State, Arizona, Cal. Like, none of those – Colorado, they're all awful. So they haven't beat anybody. And the one game versus a ranked team they played, they it was a one-point loss on the road. That's respectable. I mean, they – but the defense was atrocious. Yeah, they're fucking bad, dude. I don't know. Uh, So so tell me some more about some things to take away. I know you said A&M. Were you about to say Texas as well? No, Texas kind of fell off. You 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 expect that? Not expect it. I mean, I thought they were really good, but then you know, rookie quarterback. I'm not I'm not giving them a pass, but I'm kind of like, all right, they lose their running back, but next year's the year that they need to be good, right? Where where that kid Quinn Ewers is in his second year starting, you know, the program's kind of built up in whatever it is his third year, and I think that's when you can really evaluate it. I mean, I I I, ha- I was higher on them than they they played. I thought they were better than than they played, but it um. It is what it is, but the one I wanted to t- tell you about, I don't know if you saw this. So I've been on his ass since since week one. Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator at Miami. Fucking awful. He's just an awful football coach. He has been everywhere he's been, right? The, the, the offense he ran at Michigan was terrible, and Jim Harbaugh had to take it over, and then they were really good, and he started taking credit for it. Like, it was his offense. And then he gets down to Miami and talking all kinds of shit to fans, Michigan fans, because he left. And he's, they've been fucking terrible. They turned the ball over eight times and got boat raced by Duke. Wait, so I'm, 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 I'm out of the loop on this college thing. I'm fucking doing so much NFL shit right now. So you're telling me that Miami's another shitty year right now? Oh, fuck yeah. And yeah. Gaddis, where's Gaddis and Cristobal's connection? Uh, nowhere. Gaddis was just a hot, he was, he, I don't know if he, I think he won the Broyles award. At Michigan, he was he either wanted or he was up for it because Michigan was really good on offense. But what people didn't know because they don't pay attention to fucking anything is he got the offensive the reins taken away from him, and that that's when they turned the corner and started playing really good offensive football with the Stanford shit he did, like two tight ends, three tight ends, power run game. Like it was not this what, what Gaddis calls the speed and space offense, like some spread offense. It was, Michigan was not that at all, and this Miami offense is fucking awful. I see you get into it. Uh, people are you going back and forth. You got motherfuckers' moms talking shit about them or some shit. Oh yeah, this kid's mom, this this receiver's mom. I'll read it to you. She tweeted out and then deleted. Of course, if you had an offensive coordinator who walks into the meeting room telling the team they're the worst team he's ever coached, would you still want to play hard for him? <laughs> like, damn. That's what the mom saying. That's what the mom said on Twitter. Ah, fuck, dude. I. Oh man, that's a whole nother debate about Twitter and fucking moms on Twitter and fuck, oh. dude. Who knows? It's unbelievable. Uh, oh shit, is Bama back? Agree <laughs> or disagree? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I got to hold out on that one. I, they, they, they looked really good against Mississippi State, but we know what that is. That, that, whatever the fuck Mike Leach calls his offense, it's just. It's not conducive to beat a good football team. You not might sustainable, right? No, it's like I mean they throw the ball 
every fucking play. Like I you have to have some balance. You have to have some run right. game. Like you, it's it's not good for your defense. It's not good for you know. You play a good football team that can just take away your throw game and doesn't have to worry about you running it. Your one one dimensional teams always like Na Army Navy even like, and that's different because it is you know there's so, so many options within their run game attack. But still, I you have I believe you have to be close to a 50-50 balance, maybe 60-40 one way or the other, to to be a truly effective football team. No doubt. No, I, I think that's the Buffalo Bills in the NFL land. Uh, you know, that's their argument. To, that's my argument about them. I mean, Josh Allen, you're going to either wear them down and hurt them or people are going to scheme you like they do in the NFL with the defensive coordinators get paid to do later in the season. And you're going to be fucking throwing the ball 60 times a game. I don't know. I don't know if you got to see this real quick uh, uh, in the NFL, but Tua was just running around. Um, Mac, I don't know if you could get that, find a video, but we're trying to. Two is just going heads first, dog. He, head up, dropping his shoulder. I'm just like, fuck, dude. Is this the guy that supposedly died in the brain and he's a mush head <laughs> walking around? Like, did you watch his ass last yeah. night at all? Yeah, I watched it last night. Are you not like cringing? Like, fuck, dude. Is it like, and, and then the, and you can see how soft of a league we are. Cause back in the day, do you, if you imagine like fucking like, Steve Atwater would have just tried to kill him. They don't give a fuck. You're going heads up. We're killing you. Nowadays, <laughs> motherfuckers are like running by him and shit. I'm like, oh fuck, dude. What are we doing? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's the league now. Those quarterbacks, man, you can't touch them. Hey, let me ask you something. Um, the new AP came out. Obviously, Georgia, uh, Georgia, Ohio State, um, Mich uh, Tennessee's at three. Jumps Michigan. Michigan, Clemson. Uh, Alabama's at six now. Alabama and Tennessee basically swap. TCU's now up to seven. Oregon's all the way up to eight. Um, yeah. Oklahoma State beat Texas. Uh, <laughs> USC's in the top ten. UCLA drops to 12 uh, behind Wake Forest. And Utah drops to 14. I see Utah, UCLA, and SC in the top 15. And I'm like, fuck, college football is not very good. If no. those three teams are no, in the top it, 15. college football is never good outside of the top five. If you're talking about really, really good football teams, it's just not. Nah, it's not. It's watered down as shit. Uh, it is. And I don't know, is you know, when, when I when I really look at it, because, you know, when you're coaching, you can't really evaluate the landscape. Yeah, right. But there's times we like, we played SC in a bowl game with what, what's his dick, the fucking uh, quarterback, um, Sam Darnold. And, and, and everyone was hyping them up to be this this great football team. He's this great player. And I remember watching the film, like, this team's fucking average. Like, very, very – Sam Darnold's average. And I expected, like – because, I, cause, you know, as a coach, all I know is what, what the headlines say and what yeah, ESPN yeah. tells me when I'm taking a piss in the locker room. Right. And, like I'm like, fuck, we're going to play this, like, this number one overall quarterback. Like, this is going to be fucking a battle. And we turn on the film, and I'm like, what the hell? What? You guys faxed them, didn't you? Yeah. And, it, and it, you know, so I – I saw it when I was coaching, but I, I never, I never got to evaluate the landscape on a regular basis. Where now, the last four years that I've gotten to, it, it's, it's just the way football is now. Like there is four or five really good football teams, and outside of those teams, it's a bunch of fucking average football. No, that's what people don't realize when you're coaching for the last fucking forever, and or as a player as well. We haven't watched or got to see anything. We haven't watched. We haven't got to watch NFL. We're working Sundays, right during the NFL. Maybe it's on in the office on mute, but it's fucking. We don't get to really sit down, watch NFL, kick it, drink beer. You're working. Yeah, like we're working, working twenty hour days, and then Saturday we play and we prep the whole week prior, so we don't get to watch football. 
we try to watch our kids play on Sundays if we have players playing, etc. But people don't realize, like, oh, you don't get to just sit down and drink beer, coach, and watch a game. No, you fuck. We're working. Um, but that's my issue with the that's my issue with the rankings, right? Is who is telling you who's good? Because right now, <clears throat> people go to the the AP poll, right? That's a bunch of sports writers who don't know shit about shit. And all you got to do is look at they break it down by by each reporter that gets a vote. And I and there was there was one reporter. The Monday or the Sunday after Tennessee beat Alabama, he didn't move Alabama and didn't move Tennessee. Like they didn't, Alabama didn't drop, Tennessee didn't rise. And I'm like, did he even, did he even know they played? Like Alabama, he's still at Alabama at number two in the country and Tennessee at like eight. I'm like, what? Holy fuck, dude. Well, that's one side of it. And then people, people are like, well, what about the coaches' polls? The coaches know, they know football. It's like, yeah, one, they don't, they don't actually vote. And two, no, they don't know the landscape. They don't know who's good. All they know is the team they're playing. People don't think like we're we're sitting around breaking down a team's getting a scout report ready, and we're also watching fucking USC play UCLA. Like we don't give right. a fuck. We don't know what's going on. Like Ryan Day has no fucking clue if Oregon, USC, UCLA, if any of them are good. Not a clue. Um, there's an interesting thing here. This top, I got the top thirty-three, uh, the latest recruiting uh, poll. And Alabama have, has 14 five-stars, 59 four-stars. I broke this down last week on my show. Georgia has 15 five-stars, 52 four-stars. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's got 14 five-stars, 51 four-stars. And then A&M's at four, who, are, who have lost. It's just horrible. Uh, they have the biggest payroll, basically, <laughs> in college football. They had 10 five-stars, 46 four-stars. They're not even the cream of the crop recruiting wise or on the field and this guy's making astronomical money yeah um do you do you think this is a fair evaluation of what these coaches should be making based on what they're doing in the recruiting landscape no i mean I, the sad part is and I, and i've been saying it for about 4 weeks now i think jimbo's going to get fired and i think he's going to get that 80 million dollar buyout and it's just like wow what what the fuck are we doing like who gave him a fully guaranteed contract like for what Dude, it's a recyclable business, bro. I mean, I've been saying it for years. Like, dude, this is just so bad. Like, and then he'll get another one to take to be the head coach at fucking Miami next. Yep. And it's like, dude, I don't get it. But let me show you some things I'm interested in. Florida, five five stars. USC, three five stars. Notre Dame, two five stars. Oklahoma, three five stars. Florida State, zero. Auburn, one. Tennessee, two. The recruiting, UCLA, zero. Kentucky, zero. Nebraska, one. Uh, Ole Miss, one. Stanford, zero. So I'm just looking around. I'm like, dog, this is a transfer portal. That's it. That's what we're living off of. It ain't even recruiting no more. Like, these cats aren't even recruiting no more besides Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Like, the rest of it is straight living on portal because we know USC has one five-star, but no, but they have all these transfers in there. So they're competitive, but like, is, is, is fucking high school recruiting. I know Juco's imploding. It's almost over with, um, high school recruiting's fucking dead, isn't it? Well, when you talk about the top, the top flight talent, I mean, it's, it's literally these kids want to go where they, they know they can win a national championship. I mean, you think about going to Alabama, Ohio state, Georgia, you're going to be in the playoffs almost every year. And that's what these kids want. They want to go to the NFL, big NIL money, and they want to go play on a, on a, on the big stage. You can't like there's nothing in recent history that tells you that USC or even Lincoln Riley 
are, are going to consistently get you to that stage or develop you into like, if I'm a quarterback, maybe I look into Lincoln Riley. Cause he put, he's put out number one overall picks, first round quarterbacks, but it's just, it's so top heavy with, with the top four teams. And you could throw Clemson into that mix. They do a good job getting five-star kids. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, and they, and they actually Clemson, it's interesting. They've never really been like the number one overall class. Like they've never recruited like that. They've done a good job, just not to the level of Ohio State, Bama, and Georgia, essentially. Um, but that, that's kind of how the the trend in recruiting now is that top flight talent. Ohio State knows they're walking in the door. They got to beat Nick Saban. They got to beat Kirby Smart, and then maybe like some offshoot, like Mom loves Miami because they're they live in Miami. They got to beat Miami on a kid, right? Um, but that's kind of how it's been. Let me ask you this. Uh, let me ask you this. Two, uh, DJ gets benched, um, struggled mildly. They were struggling. They're undefeated team. So I'm looking at it like, damn, undefeated team. Davos dropping his nuts, throwing in the rook. Um, what do you think about his response? Because I saw your response on Twitter, how, how you talked about him being a leader and shit. And I, like I said, I've, I've been around the kid and his family there since they were little. I've known the, the uncle and the dad are great, great friends of mine. I've coached <laughs> with them for years. He's, he's a record, legend out here in the, in the Polynesian community. Um, the, the dad and the brother, the uncle. Um, that is who they are, the family. Like, that's not an act. That's not yeah. like, you're not, I, I would be fucking so shocked to see him transfer i just that's not the family makeup like you're gonna battle this shit out and you're gonna fucking stay there and figure it out um is dj starting next week or is this a fucking real deal situation here brewing no so i mean so there's a number of different points of this of this conversation one they have a bye week so dj is going to be the starter in two weeks um mainly because Cade Klubnik, who's also a very, I mean, he's a, I think a five-star, he was an all, all world, everything quarterback. He yeah. came in and didn't really, he didn't really take the job. Like he didn't, yeah, yeah. he didn't go out looking like, like a stud, but so he's going to be the starting quarterback. And I, I wish, I wish DJ would transfer because I think he's a, a supreme talent that is getting just ruined. And, and you look at the kind of the, the timeline of what the quarterback coach who's now the offensive coordinator at Clemson has done, right? He had Kelly Bryant who was looked really good early in his career. Right. And, and just slowly turned into dog shit. And then Trevor Lawrence came in and obviously was spectacular, but even over Trevor's career, he, he gradually got worse as his career went on to the point where, you know, he's injured, can't play at Notre Dame. So DJ starts as a freshman and looked fucking outstanding. And you're like, Holy shit, this kid might be better than Trevor. Then Trevor goes to the NFL, DJ comes in and slowly it's a decline. And then he then this then he gets benched. And you're like, this is this is a trend at Clemson. Like the quarter, they get elite quarterbacks and they get worse. And and Trent Dilfer said it at, at the draft when Trevor came out. He was like, if you look at Trevor Lawrence in his career at Clemson, he didn't get any better. He actually regressed in his time there and and immediately every other college football program was sending that shit to every quarterback recruit in the country. Like look, look what, look what Trent Dilfer said about Clemson. And it's, but it's true. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, the best version of Trevor Lawrence at Clemson was his first game. Dog. You're right. You know why though, too? Yeah, exactly. And then DJ balled against Notre Dame, 400 and something yards record for a freshman, but that was without any pressure. He came in for Trevor who was hurt and balled out. Yeah. And then he did well. And then, you know, once it's his ball game and his baby, 
He struggled last year. This year he's looked okay, but I still haven't seen him like get out the shell, like be that guy that's like a Heisman type of guy. He's not that guy yet, but he's he's suffice. I mean, he's won. They're they're undefeated. You know, they've done some things. Um, but interesting, man. Uh, I got you for a few minutes. I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring Matt in here real quick with us. What up, Matt? Gentlemen, good morning, Zach. What's up, bro? What up, man? Hey, you hey, like you like that little man, receiver I posted today, huh? You can you text me the post where the coach blocked you? I'm, I'm, I want to. I just, me and Zach gotta fucking break this down. Bro. Isn't it funny as shit? Like who? So wait, I, I'm not. I don't know, Zach. Did you hear about this? Oh, I saw it on Twitter. Yeah. So, so look, so look. I, you guys know, and everybody knows that I work with a ton of these kids in Colorado, and I'm not sitting here saying Colorado's Florida or Ohio or Michigan or California or Texas. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying, being a Colorado guy, that there is a lot of talent here, a ton. Uh, and especially for two teams in Colorado and specifically Colorado State in this instance where they're struggling as bad as they are, you'd figure they want to keep their in-state talent at home and build around it. Billy Best, the coach who wasn't in Nevada, came with Norvell to Colorado State. I've met with him probably, I don't know, 10 times when he first got the job. Like literally came to the gym, meeting, pictures, kissing babies, hugging. Everything's great. Telling him about what, you know, the the past and I've been doing this a long time in the state and yada, yada, yada. Some of the pitfalls of the other coaches that have come through. And then, uh, he heard, I, I guess he heard me say on the radio one day when he was listening, just randomly when I was on one day, I think Colorado state could really dominate if they could just keep Colorado state or Colorado kids at home and recruit them and, and really develop them and go after them. And after that, I've been, <laughs> he unfollowed me and blocked me. And, like, I had 10 guys up at CSU on Saturday for the game. 10. Like, he's up there hugging and kissing all my guys and loving them up. And then, like, he doesn't want anything to do with them outside of the refrain. So, this, this is all transfer portal for CSU. They are not recruiting at all, bro. I just – I find the the male ego is so funny to me, dude. Like, <laughs> like dog, just because I disagree with you doesn't mean I'm a piece of shit. In, in fact – I think it's the other way around. If you disagree with somebody and we can figure out a way to have rapport, that's how you grow. So all I was trying to do was help Colorado State get a leg up with the recruiting part of of this in the state of Colorado. And Jesus, man, if if that if you're a head coach and you see that. I understand blocking fans that don't know what they're talking about, but not blocking people in your profession that are trying to help you, especially when I've got. 10 fucking kids up there on Saturday watching the game. Like, you should hear how confused they are. <laughs> I, let me ask you, I've heard Colorado State has more transfers than anyone in the country. Like, have you heard that? They have more transfers than anyone in the country. And I'm like, God yeah, damn he it. did. Norvell did that in Nevada, too. So not only that, but they're running out. I think they've had like eight or nine guys get in the portal since the season started alone. So they they are essentially saying to everybody up there, and all the people in Colorado, you're not good enough to play here, and we're going to go to the transfer portal to get all of our players. And now, is, Zach, I know you, you're in this, you're 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 knee deep in this college thing. I've talked to Sark, Lane, different guys who have told me verbatim, JB, if you're not in it with it and being part of this, the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, you're going to die. Is that a yeah, thing I mean, that you really think? Because everyone's in it now, dog. Is that yeah, really listen, a thing? Like, listen. no, you you can't tell me, that Zach. Like, 
not to cut you off. So so they can't say, you know what, I'm going to be the team because we're Ohio State. we got the resources. I'm going to cut this portal thing off. Let's go good high school kids, build this culture. Don't transfer. Let me save these kids from transferring from me to go elsewhere if I can keep my guys in-house. You don't believe that's sustainable no more? We just can't do that? We have to go to the fucking portal? I think I think it's like anything else that's come along, right? And you're gonna have dumbass fucking coaches that that do what I get, apparently Norvell's doing, where where you're just like the portal. That it's it's like you freshly divorced and you're gonna go to like massage parlors that jerk you off. It's like, bro, that doesn't mean like just because you're single now, that doesn't mean you should go to the massage parlors. Like, Break go, go on a real date too, right? <laughs> it, it, they they want to go full fledged in the portal. When you look at the model, is set. Ohio State does it. Bama does it. Georgia does it. Where. They recruit the shit out of high school kids, and then they'll grab one, two, maybe three kids from the portal who are great players, and it's just like a supplement, right? It's it's a tool you can use to get talent, but you can't go full-fledged just portal kids. You'll never have a culture. Everyone's one and done. It's like college basketball, but in college football, it's just stupid. Well, I I look at it like this, too, is if the coaches are going to be full-fledged portal, you've got to know that the minute they get another opportunity, they're going to be full-fledged out. Oh, yeah. So I know Norvell's and his staff's going to jump the minute they win six, seven games in Fort Collins and turn it around. And right. I, pers- I personally think that the whole <laughs> – like, look, saying that Colorado, Colorado State is on the same level, like when we talk about Ohio State, Clemson, and these other places – they are they are transferring in guys who are maybe backups at other schools that want to start at an elite level. They're not thinking about going to CSU if you're thinking about transferring from somewhere to go to Alabama or fucking Clemson or whatever, Texas. Right. So essentially they're getting second, third, and fourth-tier transfers as well while they're neglecting the, the high school kids that they should be recruiting and developing. So I played in an era here in, in, in Colorado where – Gary Barnett and Sonny Lubick were the two head coaches and they, it was like a fucking war every year to keep Colorado kids in, in state and then not have them go to CU or CSU. And it worked and both teams were productive and they were both winning and they were both putting NFL guys out. And if you just look at the number of kids that leave Colorado to go other places, bro, like I'll, I'll put together the list today of just Colorado kids in the last 10, 12 years that have left. It is fucking staggering some of the names on that list. They're in the NFL, superstars in the NFL, guys starting all over the place. I, I truly believe that if you build a fucking wall around the state, Colorado and Colorado State, that's the thing. I'm trying to help my rival here, especially <laughs> them, because I think that there's more. And coach, both of you coaches, you can I, I think you'd agree with this. There's more Mountain West group of five quality players in, in yeah. Colorado than there are power five. Yeah. So if that's the case, why aren't you going out and developing the shit out of all these group of five players and turning them into fucking monsters just like some Sonny Lubick did? This assumption that it can't be done is just all that is is lazy coaching. Yeah, it is. Uh, you it don't is. you don't you don't want to take a risk, right? You don't want to you, you don't want to take a kid that, you know, maybe three-star kid that you you evaluate, you put the work in and you say this fucking kid is going to be really good. I see it, right? But it takes work to evaluate that level kid. It doesn't take work to evaluate fucking, you know, the the five-star number one quarterback in the country. You Nothing. you go watch him it's, throw three passes and you're like, "Oh, fuck. I, I want him." Yeah. Like, like, I, before we move on, I'll use one kid as an example and that's Chad Muma. And Muma was a third-round pick by uh, out of Wyoming this year, he came from Legend High School, 20 minutes down the fucking road, five minutes from my facility. He started in my program at 15 years old. 
I literally beat the fucking doors down at CU and CSU. Like, this kid is a stud. They're going to move him up from safety to linebacker. He can run. He's long. He can get it, blah, 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 blah. Oh, he's too small. He's too short, blah, 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 blah. Third-round draft pick, going to play in the NFL for 10 years, knock on wood if he stays healthy. That's exactly what I'm talking about. There's not a shot in hell that Lubick or Barnett would have lost that kid back in the day. No. Hey, Zach, uh, before I get you out of here, before you got to go, uh, get you on Monday. So we always have to talk five days in advance here about college. Yeah. You're the college guru. Minister Sports, make sure you all head over there on his YouTube channel. What games are you looking at this week? Uh, I know I know Oklahoma State, K-State's a big one. Uh, K-State lost to TCU. Looks like TCU's rolling. Uh, Illinois... Six and one. Are they a fucking legitimate team to worry about over there? Like, what is know, Dilma? Dilma's <laughs> a coaching of the year candidate job, who, right? Who do they play? Uh, they play they Nebraska. Nebraska this week at in Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, look, I'm really good friends with Brian Walters, their defense coordinator. I played with him in college. We were on this on the same defense for three years. He's from Denver. Um, I talked to him on the phone about it, and he's got his guys fucking riled up, bro. They are. They are fly, flying around with the football. Offensively, they're kind of anemic, but that's what Bielema wants, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But defensively, they are fucking real. They are. They are. What? And, I, you know, I, I think, one, he probably is going to win Coach of the Year. I mean, what Illinois has been so awful for so long. And I think he's benefiting from the Big Ten West being absolutely garbage. Yeah, it is terrible. It's terrible. But, I mean – Illinois has been worse than the rest of the Big Ten West forever. So they're, they're as real as they can be. But it's going to be the same story. I mean, every year, year in, year out, somebody comes out of the West and just gets boat raced by Ohio State or Michigan in the, in the Big Ten championship. Because it's just, there's levels. You know, Ohio State yeah. and Michigan are on another level. But yeah, I mean, Illinois is as for real as you can be uh, in that next tier of college football. Let me let me ask you this: North Carolina, they lose early on. Uh, they go, they're on a run now. Uh, they get in the top twenty-five. They got Pittsburgh, but is North Carolina? I hear the quarterback's legit. Is North Carolina I real? I like that kid a lot. Yeah, Drake May. He's 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 fucking. He's a real deal. He's real, bro. Do they have a chance to beat Clemson or? In the ACC championship game, they could. I mean, the thing the thing about North Carolina is you look at their schedule. Although they beat App State by two, and that's something Jimbo couldn't do. Um, <laughs> they're 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 like they had they have they have beaten no one to date and the, the, and their one loss is to a bad Notre Dame team so I don't know if we know how good they really are but I do love their quarterback um I don't know they, they Pitt's not very good Virginia's terrible Georgia Tech's terrible they got they got to play Wake Forest who now is a, a world beater apparently a top 10 team and then NC State and then if, if they can you know rattle off a couple wins in those games they will they'll, they'll play Clemson um, I think Clemson's fraudulent, so they got a chance. But so ACC is terrible this year, terrible. just top to bottom. Hey, I Zach, mean, look, I bro, the, the Big Twelve is really good. I, I'm yeah, it really is. How good the Big Twelve is? It really yeah, is. There's, there's two rival games that are always situation. You got you got Penn State, Ohio State. I don't think it's going to be a game, but who knows who shows up if Penn State shows. You have, uh, and then you have Kentucky, Tennessee, right? Which mm-hmm. was. Probably never a real fucking thing besides everybody drinking moonshine in the backwoods. Nowadays, you got two top 20 teams. And then you got Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, is there any type of possible upset alert on any of those games? I worry about the Kentucky game if I'm a Tennessee fan. Yeah, so would I. Because 
I mean, you just look at look at how they beat Bama. Kentucky's got a better th- like passing attack than Bama does, um, or at least on par with it, right? And, and so that's the one with Georgia coming up that following game. You could see Tennessee, you know, feeling themselves and kind of overlook Kentucky, and, and that's the one I'd be I'd be worried about the most out of out of the whole s- slate. But at the same time, like I know I'm an Ohio State guy, but if they play like if that offense plays like they played against Iowa. Penn State's uh, uh, four times the team that Iowa is, and, and that'll be that'll be ugly. It'll be a ball game if, if they play like that. Now I don't think they will, but but if they play, they played like dog shit and still won fifty four to ten. <laughs> and and I, and I don't even know if there's any other big games. Uh, the, the rumor I got though, man, last few days, and I want to get your take on this. We're just talking about Illinois, Bielema to Nebraska starting to get hot. Um, especially in the circle of coaches, uh, a couple of buddies of mine texted me. They think that could be a real thing. Is that a move that you think can happen? Is that lateral right now, or it's a definitely step up? I think it could happen. Um, it, it could, but you know, you know what I think might happen is you look at what's, how bad Iowa is, and, and Kirk Ferentz is going to fall on the sword for his kid. He's not going to fire his son, but he needs to. And so if he falls on a sword for his kid, I mean, Bielema is an Iowa grad, played at Iowa, played D-line at Iowa, and you know he just wants to give a big fuck you to Wisconsin so bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see him going to Nebraska if he's an Iowa guy. It's just yeah. deep down, especially if both jobs open. And I do think that the Iowa job will. I think that, that Coach Prince will just retire. So I mean, he's been there forever. He's a fucking incredible coach. No one's yep. sitting here advocating for him to get fired for one bad year. What he's no. done at Iowa is Yeoman's work. I mean, it's fucking Hell incredible. Yeah. He's built that place into an absolute powerhouse. So, you know, it's a second-tier powerhouse in the Big Ten. Bielema might be able to take it to the to the the top echelon of what it could be. Um, you know, it, he brings a certain swagger and attitude that some people hate. And I, I love, I love how in, in your face he is. I love that he's kind of a prick. I love that he doesn't get along with a lot of people. That's my kind of guy. So, Absolutely. especially in the football world, bro, the same friend ball, it's football. And I'd rather ride and die with 80 motherfuckers than try and get along with 8,000. So I, uh, the Nebraska thing, look, that's my rival. I hate him. I, I, I really think that they've fallen on hard times, just like my, just like my school, but I don't know if it's as good of a job as people think it is in the Big Ten. In the Big 12, it was an incredible job. In the Big Ten, I think Nebraska is looked at from Big Ten people. And, Coach, you can attest to this as being a Big Ten guy, like fucking Indiana, dog. Like, yeah. no one looks at Nebraska and sees Tommy Frazier anymore. Like, it's not what's going on. No. Hey, is, that, is, is Michigan a real, real threat to you guys at Ohio State right now? Fuck, yeah, they are. Those as two much as Ohio State people don't want to fucking hear it, they're really good. <laughs> they run the football. Their defense is outstanding. They might. It's crazy because they lost. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson, this all-world player, and the David Ojabu kid was. <laughs> yeah, David Ojabu was really good too. So they don't have that. They don't have the number two overall pick on their team. But I think their defense might be a little better than it was last year overall. And Ohio State, you know, Ohio State fans, all they want to hear about, oh, they don't have Aiden Hutchinson. We're going to kill them. It's like, okay, <laughs> just careful what you ask for. It's a good football team. Let me ask you this because I know you got to go, Coach. But we talked about C.J. Stroud last week, and I, yeah, I think he's probably the consensus number one pick, maybe him or Bryce. But I think C.J.'s got severe, severe accuracy issues inside the square. I think he he misses high a lot, mm-hmm. which tells me his footwork's a little compromised. And I think he benefits from playing with the just skill players that are running circles around the other kids out there. 
do you think he's he's as hyped as he is? Is he really I, the number one quarterback? Because I've seen a lot of Ohio State guys, Dwayne Haskins, i.e., re, God rest his soul, but he had a fifty touchdown year and couldn't couldn't yeah. find the meeting room in the NFL. There's no doubt. I mean, I I, I think you know every every quarterback that Ohio State's had has had an issue that, as to why they didn't succeed. Dwayne's was maturity and 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 just you know. I don't want to say commitment to the game, but he just thought he was the shit and it was just going to all work out. CJ's not like that. Like he's a student of the game. He, he's, he's a mature kid. Like, but what he lacks is just, I mean, I don't want to call the kid a pussy, but he's just not tough. Like when he misses throws, it's because he won't step into a throw because it's a little messy in the pocket. He doesn't navigate a pocket at all. Anytime there's any inkling of pressure, he his ass just takes off to the sideline and tries to make some ridiculous flick of the wrist throw. And, and to be honest, sometimes you're like, holy shit, look at that throw he made. But that's not conducive for consistent success. So he he's the most talented arm in college football. But, I mean, I'd take about three or four other quarterbacks to – you know, trot out on the field and lead the offense over him. So you're Carolina. You got the first pick. Who are you taking? Probably Bryce. I mean, he's just Bryce. a baller. That's I, what coach I, said too. Yeah, I mean, he because he he has all the intangibles. And you, I mean, even the Tennessee game. I mean, this motherfucker's navigating the pocket. His eyes are always downfield, and he's such a threat to run that. I mean, they people leave coverage to stop him, and he and the minute they do, it's like dart right, right, right where it needs to be with great accuracy. He's just he's just a baller. He's a gamer. Do you think and, do you think the size narrative is kind of worn off for quarterbacks these days? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's I mean, definitely obviously still, you want to get Josh Jay or a uh, Josh Allen prototype, but that's not yeah. happening. Yeah, but you you know how many great quarterbacks are there? <laughs> five, how, eight, maybe. Yeah, and and how how so? How many six five quarterbacks are actually like NFL starters? What is there? There's like fucking five, like four, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, I think everyone wants Josh Allen, but you you got to have somebody trot out there. Right. So, so I, I think, I think at the end of the day, Bryce is a winner and, and he's a baller. So I don't know how you, you gotta, you gotta bet on that kid, right? You gotta bet on that. No doubt. Um, you guys can catch Zach 9am on the West, 12 noon on the East, uh, minutes to sports. Check him out today. Uh, what do you got lined up today on your show, man? Breaking down the weekend. Just breaking down the weekend. Didn't talk about why Ohio state sucked. <laughs> and they scored 50. Fuck man. Right crazy they covered the Ohio state fans are funny man oh, they yeah. covered the fucking spread by the way yeah, uh, they did. who you got tonight zach i know you're not an nfl guy but who, who you got tonight um a great fucking bo- <laughs> your guy uh phil's playing against uh either roger and zap or uh mac jones we don't know who yet i mean i got about 600 terrible. riding on the on the patriots so i i i need them to win <laughs> <laughs> this game is going to be. If you thought last night's game was dog shit, this game is going to be terrible. Oh, terrible. Oh, like the fact that they didn't fucking flex San Francisco, Kansas City to Sunday night is just, dude. What are you doing, NFL? Because that game, really? Kansas City, San Francisco yesterday was the game of the day. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, Zach, I appreciate you, man, joining me and uh, have a good week, dog. And uh, push some guys over to your show. Make sure you guys head on over there, follow him on social media. Zach, the menace himself, is here, and he hates fucking uh tim brando so make sure you guys realize that uh hey man i appreciate you zach i appreciate you fellas later coach we'll see you tim brando what do you do oh dude you don't know you gotta look it up tim tim brando hates that he goes he goes after zach on twitter and uh zach went after him and it's funny shit i love it uh 
Man, uh, what up, dog? Appreciate What's you good, coming. Uh, Happy Monday. Happy Monday, man. We're going to get I, out. I love Mondays, dog. I hate people that wake up and they're like, oh, I hate Mondays. Well, fuck you, dog. Mondays are awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's fucking a new week. Like, new I don't week. get it. Like, what the Opportunity. fuck are you talking about? Hey, I tell people that the quote of the day, when things aren't adding up in your life, start fucking subtracting. Uh, real great right? Like, it's, it's, it's crazy to me. Um, Where are we starting? We starting with NFL? Yeah, let's get after some NFL shit, man, since we, we, got, we get to the best of both worlds here with Zach in the morning on college and then you. Uh, I was thinking we we're going to talk about the Yankees getting swept by the Astros more than anything, but uh, no, I'm just fucking with you. Like, I give a fuck about the Yankees. Um, I, I will say this, that, that that bomb that Bryce Harper hit last night was that was pretty fucking cool. Hey, I couldn't. Eat, I would. I don't even know if I would Google to see that. Like, fuck baseball. Um, yeah, baseball sucks, but it was pretty cool. Nah, no doubt. Uh, let's pull up the ticker here. Um, make sure you follow Matt on all social media platforms. I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna put his uh, thing in here. He's on. Uh, also, he's on a radio show every day now, 10 a.m. on the 10 a.m. Central, right? Or uh, Mountain. 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 Uh, 10 a.m. Mountain. Um, like I said, his gear will be up today on Coach JB's store. Uh, we got the graphics. We're going to get his hoodies up there. We're going to get some things up there you can buy on CoachJBStore.com. Um, hey, I want to give a fun fact out there for all my Daniel Jones haters. Daniel Jones is the only quarterback with four fourth-quarter comeback wins this year, and he's fourth in QBR in the fucking league. Yeah, yeah. I'm eating crow on that one. So, exactly. so, look, perfect example of quality coaching, developing a kid, who didn't have quality coaching, and now he does. He's got good play calling. He's got support. The defense is playing way better. And fucking New York football Giants, dog, are 6-1. and one. And look, I think it would be a monumental collapse if they don't make the playoffs. So, Dog, they got to win three out of six games. Like, it, it, it's – I'm extremely impressed on what I'm seeing from the Giants. And if Dayball can – develop Daniel Dines into this. Imagine what he can do with real talent, i.e. Josh Allen. <laughs> no, and I know you love Danny Dimes. Do you think that Dimes can turn into that kind of guy? I mean, he's not a Josh Allen type of guy. Just drop he back. He can run, though. He can still get it. Oh, no doubt. He's a – no, Daniel Jones is as good an athlete as there is in the quarterback position in the football in, – in the National Football League. I think he's a better athlete than Justin Fields. People don't want to hear that. Uh, I could wait. I, I can't wait to break the film down. Um, I believe he's a better athlete, dog. Like you don't have to be. There's a the, Noel told me and you on this show, and we could disagree, but Noel broke it down. Like dog, there's athletes playing quarterback, and then there's quarterbacks that are athletes. I there's agree. A completely different animal there, and I think Justin Fields is an athlete playing quarterback. I think Daniel Jones is a quarterback that is athlete. And I think those two things is what separates those two. And I think that is the same with Lamar Jackson. I'm trying to get this video. Um, I haven't given Bill, Matt. Belichick is going to eat Justin Fields tonight alive, bro. Hey, I showed a clip last night, dog. They they put fucking the tight end at quarterback under center, tosses the ball to Lamar in the eye formation on a toss, and that motherfucker looked like a running back. And that looked like a precursor to what I want to see. My, I put the eye emoji out there like, look at that, motherfucker, because that's what he is. 
And I hate to say that, uh, Matt. I hate to say that because I hated that narrative as a coach. Because when I was young, they tried to move me to tie it in because I was bigger than everybody at the time. And I was stronger in the weight room. And they were like, oh, coach, you got to play tight end. You're not the fastest. You're not this. But you can play tight end. I'm like, eh, fuck you, tight end. I don't want to play tight end. <laughs> and so I, I get that. Like, I hate hearing that. Like, you're an athlete. You got to play running back. I hate that narrative. And especially over the years, it's become like they think it's a racist comment now that, oh, the black quarterback can't play quarterback. No, I only coach black quarterback, by the way. And I've had some of the smartest quarterbacks ever. Uh, have been black, number one. Some of the best quarterbacks I've ever had have been black. I love coaching black quarterbacks, contrary to your fucking idiot beliefs. But the bottom line is, these certain people that I talk about, Justin, Lamar, uh, Kyler Murray, I talk the same way about Baker fucking Mayfield and Carson Wentz, you dumb fucks on Twitter. So I want you to make sure that you understand there is a, it doesn't matter to me what fucking color, creed, race, I don't give a fuck what you are. It's a result-oriented business, as Matt knows more than anyone. Amen. Like, Matt, they told you, you want to get cut or play D-line, or O-line. Yep. Like, do, you want, do you want a job or do you want to play defense? I'll like, take a job, you you're play. playing guard. Yeah, dude. Like, it's a result-oriented life we live, too. Like, Matt's either going to succeed at fucking six zero foot Academy Go or he's going to fail. There's no gray area. Like this show's going to be good or shitty. There's no gray area. And so, there's, a, there's a buffer, Matt, right? There's a buffer. What, what does Lamar do, bro? Because things, But it doesn't mean it. But at the end of the day, though, in two years, you're going to be able to evaluate us and say, ah, it was a, exactly. it was a play. It, it's either, look, there is no best or greatest or bestest or any of that shit. It's either you're the best or you're not. The second place is the first loser, period. No fear. <laughs> that said, there's there's a huge fucking problem in Baltimore right now, and it's twofold. Number one, their second half adjustments are dog shit. They almost threw it away again yesterday. I mean, they did exactly the same thing they've done in damn near every game to just give the game to Cleveland, okay? And Cleveland fucked it up and didn't take advantage of it, period. Now, that's the first problem. The second problem is... $300 million potentially to your quarterback. So not only are you going to give Lamar Jackson $300 million to be your quarterback, but that is going to hamstring the fuck out of your, your franchise from a financial standpoint and going to get players to help your quarterback who's making $300 million. So, bro, I mean, I'm, look, I'm going to tell Baltimore right now, be cautious because Denver – jumped headfirst into the we're going to give our quarterback 250 million bucks and hope it all works out and of course it will because he's russell wilson and this dumpster fire in, in denver is un, like it it's it is the biggest fucking dumpster fire i've ever seen bro and hey, he didn't man, even play yesterday i'm leaning i'm leaning on you a lot today because i i am out the loop this weekend i've had i've had my cigar launch i had to do a bunch of that shit uh, it was yesterday's broncos game was fucking atrocious I, the Jets, the Jets looked great. I was hyped for my Jets, but I'm almost like I'm almost more worried about Denver yesterday after watching what they did. So I think that Baltimore needs to look at what Denver did with paying Russell Wilson and say, do we really need to go down this route to be successful? But then again, where where do you go find a quarterback if it's not Lamar? I mean, do you just go draft a rookie and start over? Do you, do you like sign and trade him? 
I, man, it, it's a sticky situation that they're in in Baltimore, bro. Hey, we're going to head to the first and 10 segment. First down, brought to you by CanadipsCBD.com. Head on over to CanadipsCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB. Uh, this is a perfect segue uh, right in between. Before we get this going, I'm going to break down. I got a uh, I got a new ad read, man, that you guys got to pay attention to. My boy, Wido, and the Wido, the only... We did a uh, Canadips commercial, dog. Stay tuned for Canadips. Head on over there and check this out. What up, what up, what up? Coach AB Show, 6 to 9 a.m. on the West Coast, 9 to noon on the East. Show's brought to you by our proud sponsor, Canadips, CBD.com. Head on over there, catch Coach JB. Uh, use the promo code, all caps, Coach JB. Get you 20% off. Welcome bonus, and my boy Wido's here to spit some bars. CanadipCBD.com. Check it out. Just got to let them know, Coach. It's the real Coach JB show. Only the real. Tune in live five days a week and find out the deal. If you a fan of the real, then you a fan of this. And if you're looking for the best, get some can of dips. They got mango, mocha, mint, and peach. Caramel on the side if you need some sleep. THC, CBD. Fuel and more, and use the code Coach JB. 20% off the store. And my boy Wido dropping the bars on him. Uh, shout out to Wido for doing that for Canadips. Uh, Canadips, no. you better pay my boy Wido. And Matt needs you as a sponsor as well. So fucking step up, Canadips. Um, <laughs> man, I got to get to the first down. We're in the first down, first and 10 segment of this show. Uh, we want to break down Sunday night's game. Uh, the Steeler-Dolphin game. I got to get into this first. Uh, Matt, I think, has a clip for us. Uh, if he does, I want to show this. What do you think about this uh, Tua? Lowering his head? I mean, just head first. I mean, lowering his head. I mean, you name it. Uh, I don't know what you take from this, but I'm I'm very concerned on like he's he i'm like dude, what are you doing what are you doing go to the sideline like what the fuck are you doing like uh, and, and he did slide. a most, like that's a slip there you go you're sliding right look, there. we know right. that we know that tua has big time injury issues oh god bro and <laughs> i th- this is there's there's a huge difference between competing and trying to get a first down and stupidity. If you're the running back, go get the first down. But the team is terrible without you. They're undefeated with you. I guarantee you every coach on that staff, including Mike, the weirdo, McDonald, who, you're right, he's a weirdo, but I, I kind of dig him, but he's still weird. Um, they all said to him, slide, whatever you got to do, throw the ball away, just don't take hits. And the first goddamn time he scrambles, he lowers his shoulder and his head. And goes after a defender. So that tells the defenders that he wants to play football today. So we're going to go real hard against you and try and deplete your ass, period. Hey, or are we, Matt? Or are we? Because somebody would have killed him last night, and we're running by him last night. Well, I think that that Bush was really surprised when he lowered his shoulder in his head. I think he was like, holy shit, this guy's lowering his fucking shoulder in his head. The rest of the evening, he slid. So, I, Tua, bro, like, what? What are you doing? You got to be careful here, dog. Like, you're gonna, <laughs> you're you're gonna be a damn vegetable here pretty soon if you don't stop doing this shit, bro. They're gonna fuck you up. 
Hey, I think I think uh, Raheem Mozart uh, had a 16 carries for 80 yards, four four catches for 30 and a touchdown. I think as as he goes, the Dolphins actually look a lot better when Mozart runs the football well. Uh, Waddle Waddle and Tyreek Hill lead the league as a tandem and in, in, uh, as receivers. Uh, Waddle had a 88 yards, Tyreek had 72. Both of them one had four catches, one had seven. Targeted 10 plus times each. Um, Kenny Pickett, who I'm on this show saying he's not ready, don't play him. I think you said play him. Uh, you have nothing to lose. He was 32 of 44. Not bad stats. 32 of 44. 257, but he struggled mildly in key situations and threw three more picks. I was here sitting here with a female companion watching the game, and we're just chilling. And she's like, I look at hands because I measure hands and I look at hands and I'm like, because when I look at a guy, if he has small hands, I automatically think small dick. Do you think, did you see Pickett's hands, dude? Like she brought it up to me. Kenny Pickett's hands look like this, dude. Yeah, like, he's got, he's got, he's got leg. tiny hands. Huh? I got these little tiny hands. Yeah, he's got small hands. Dude, he I had the, really look small. He had the smallest hands at the combine, but so did Joe Burrow when he came out. So I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's just a hand thing, but <laughs> so small hands equals small dick. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think that's like a perception out there. I don't, you know, these, these women are women have their own ladies. My hands are fucking 12 inches around. Yeah. I, I might. I mean, I got some big old fucking grizzly mitts over here. So I don't know what that tells you. Um, but I, I will say this, Kenny Pickett, I think the Steelers' defense, if Watt was on the field, I think Tomlin would be looking at it a little bit differently. But essentially the same thing. Pittsburgh is wasting a good defense with a rookie that they drafted, which is understandable, I guess, as opposed to some of these other quality defensive units around the NFL that are wasting a quality defense with a veteran. So that's the only thing I can give an advantage there uh, uh, in that regard. But, look, the Steelers – this is the first time I can remember for for year by year by year where they can't run the football consistently. That's really what they need to figure out. They need to figure out why they can't fucking hammer the ball like they used to, which they used to just destroy people in between the tackles. And now they can't they can't run the ball at all. Najee Harris's numbers are down significantly, and everybody's keying on him because they know Pickett and his small little tiny hands can't hurt them. So I think the the Steelers are still in rebuild mode, but they're not going to fire Tomlin. Pickett's the future for them, even if he's not really, you know, a next-level player. He's going to start for him next year at least before they figure out if he's the guy. And then we'll, we'll see. Get get back a healthy Watt and build around Fitzpatrick some more, and Pittsburgh might be pretty good. Miami, first of all, they need to wear those uniforms they wore last night every week. I don't know why they wear their big tuna uniforms. Those are terrible. But they, they've got some real talent, dog. And they – they look really, really good on script. And this is one thing I wanted to talk about with the entire NFL. It's amazing to me on how many teams look great at the beginning of the game on script. 15, 20 plays that they they practiced all week. Everybody feels good about it. Everyone's out there tickling nuts like, oh, we're going to be fucking awesome. And then the minute they get off script, nobody fucking scores for the rest of the game. Steelers, Dolphins will score us in the second half. The Broncos and the Jets was anemic as fuck in the second half. It was terrible, okay? You can look around the entire Dallas-Detroit, number one offense in, in the NFL. 
Okay, when Detroit and a great offense in Dallas getting Dak back, awful in the second half. Okay, I mean it, it. The only the only game that really exploded, the only two were Cincinnati, Atlanta, and that was one way, and Kansas City, San Francisco. The other games were very laid back, lethargic, and like it left you yearning for more. So, I I just think that once these teams get off schedule, and it's on the quarterback to kind of make plays and lead the squad, you're seeing that they can't do it. They need to be directed on what to do every play rather than, you know, going out there and dictating to the defense as, like it used to be. Hey, I, I, I got uh, somebody brought that thing up. Coach, uh, Tua needed to be popped again to get feel good again and know he's in the game. I, listen, as a quarterback, playing quarterback, I don't disagree with you to- wholeheartedly. This is what I do disagree with. We used to say those things as well as players. Once I get hit, I'm good. I'm in this game. I'm ready to go. Even O line, D line, like we get what that we yeah. bang our first, our first clack clack. We're ready to go. Get ready to go. Not running head first to a safety, you fucking idiot. Or Devin Bush in the pocket. Then I'm knowing I'm in the game. I'm not taking off to just heads up on the safety like you yeah. fucking dumbass. No, I'm gonna find Devin Bush out here and run into him full speed to get warmed up. Yeah, I'm going to get warmed up. Let me go head up with Steve Atwater. Yeah. No, that's not, that's not the fucking deal. Hey, deal. Ronnie Lott, get me warmed up over here. Thanks, bro. Hey, let's go. Can we do Oklahoma drill real quick? Um, <laughs> uh, the Chiefs-Niners game. Uh, Chiefs ran away with it. Uh, Great game. Debut for Christian McCaffrey, eight carries, 38 yards. Jimmy G threw for 300 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. He actually did a pretty good, had a pretty good game, 25 of 37. Brandon Ayuk had 49 receiving, uh, uh, seven catches, 82 yards. Kittle had 98 yards and a touchdown. Uh, what is the, what is missing in Frisco? And uh, play calling. Shanahan had him yesterday. They was 14 to 13. Why didn't McCaffrey get 20 carries? Even though I know he just got there. Who gives a fuck? His eight, his eight totes, with the exception of six of those eight plays, he had the ball. He went for nine, ten yards a clip. The other two were, were negative yardage, which is going to happen. I, I just think that Kyle Shanahan, he's done it in his, in his entire career. He did it in Atlanta, all right? He's, he's done it in San Francisco. He did it in two Super Bowls. He gets to a point in the game where he's like, oh, we can't run the ball anymore. We're behind. we got to start throwing it every play. And then he takes away his biggest asset, which is running the football. He puts his defense on the field a lot because they're going three and out more because they're throwing it every play. And he's putting Garoppolo in a situation where he has to win everything rather than manage everything to win. And, you know, it, it's, it makes things predictable. Like, you know, backed up on your own two on third and whatever it was, 14. And you you don't – I know Trent Williams should win one-on-one against Clark, but he didn't. He lost that rep. Maybe we could figure out a way to max protect that if we're going to take a shot down the field. That's all I'm saying. Getting four or five guys out in a route on the goal line, backed up third and 14, where they know you have to get 15 yards and you don't have any space for the routes to mature and, like, get to their spots so it's going to be rushed. I mean, that's like that, – that, it's essentially telling the defensive players what you're doing before you do it. So I don't care if you're Trent Williams, if you're fucking Gary Zimmerman, if you're Alonzo Munoz. I don't give a fuck who you are. In that situation, the defense has a massive advantage. So – I think the, the Niners at some point, you know, Lynch is going to look around and go, man, we're really, really good. Uh, what is holding us back? And it's the quarterback and the and the head coach. The head coach is phenomenal. I love Shanahan. He's awesome. I wonder what he'd look like with a really elite signal caller. Like, 
like an Aaron Rodgers, like a Tom Brady, like like a guy like that. You put one of those guys with San Francisco, and Doc, their head and shoulders the favorite over everybody in the NFL. Interesting. Um, Kansas City is fucking real though, too, Coach. I, I like I know, I know you don't like Mahomes. I, I, but he's I gotta a eat crow. Dog. If, I, if they could continue, Matt, if they could continue down this path, I'll eat crow. I didn't think they were gonna be. Uh, I didn't think they were gonna be this good. Um, but I, but I'm still, I still want to pump the brakes a little bit on a lot of these teams on this talk because I'm a guy that's like, I don't want to get too pro and I don't want to get too anti. Uh, you know, I don't know how good they are yet because I got to really see them, uh, in, in some real battle tested games like, like Buffalo and they lose down the stretch. They force Mahomes to stay in the pocket. He forces a couple late balls. He throws two picks late. Like he did against Cincinnati in the playoffs. So, last so year, like, what about yesterday on the road in Santa Clara? That shit's hard. It's hard to win there. No, and, I, and that's why I say yesterday it looked like a varsity versus a JV on the opposing sideline as far as Andy Reid and Shanahan. Andy Reid absolutely dissected the, the young DC in Frisco, yeah. in my opinion. And I thought it was looked it looked like coaching 101. He was teaching the D coordinator for Frisco how to fucking play in the NFL as a, as a DC. And that's what it looked like. And um this is uh this is where we stand right now, Matt. We got two losses or less, Vikings, Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys, and four losses or more is staggering to me. God, the bad? NFC's bad, bro. It's bad. Uh, the Packers, the Niners, and Tampa Bay, all with multi- with four losses or more. And the reason the Rams aren't in there, because they had a bye. I mean, bro, like, <laughs> Tampa, Tampa Bay yesterday looked – Tampa Bay looked like they the most uninspired football team I've ever watched play football. I, I, I watched damn near every game yesterday, start to finish on red zone and then flipping in between and recording them and watching them pretty much all night. Um, Tampa Bay's really hurting. Like, Tom Brady's doing it by himself. The, the receiving core looks old. Gronkowski not being there. The security blanket's gone. Ryan Jensen not being there, security blanket's gone. Like the offensive line looks real, uh, real bad. I mean, they 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 don't look like they know what they're doing. They're losing one on one matchups. They are confused, and it seems like their leader, you know, Jensen not being there is more significant than even I thought it was going to be. Tom Brady can't can't make that up. And then you're looking at Green Bay, and you're seeing the exact same problems, just in a different packaging. So where Tampa Bay has a bunch of dudes that on paper you're like, damn, this team is stacked. But in reality, maybe they're all washed. The receivers are just old. Mike Evans looked awful yesterday. And then you look at Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, and they've got a bunch of young guys on their team because they didn't re-sign Devontae, who don't look like they can play and don't look like they know what they're doing. And their route, their route, the, the unspoken, unspoken communication between Rodgers and his receivers is at an all-time low. Like, it is bad. He lost Randall Cobb. I, you're looking at the the NFC and saying there's two or three teams that we thought were going to be elite that are dog shit and like it hey, opens the door it opens the door football's for other teams. Bad, dude, football's bad everywhere. Like fucking high school, college, pro. It's the yeah, worst I've ever. Bad. I don't know, but what do I know, man? I'm just. It, I'm, it's really we've talked about it multiple times. It is terrible. I mean, it's bad. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, it's interesting, man, you say that because uh, tonight's game is going to be a shit show. We're going to break that down here in a few minutes. But I don't know what the over-under is, but take the under. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Chicago uh, may not score. I want to get into this Tampa Bay thing because Tampa Bay, uh, like you said, you said uh, you, ne- you hit a few things on the head. They looked uninspired. I got to go to when you're uninspired to the motivator. And if you're not a motivator, in my opinion, you can never, ever, ever be a head coach, a manager, a CEO, a leader of any type of men in this world. I don't give a fuck what genre, what field, what profession. If you cannot motivate your sales team on the car lot to sell more cars than your opponent across the street, then you're not a good leader, in my opinion. If you can't motivate your team to show up week in, week out, and to teach your team how to become self-motivators as the leader, then you shouldn't be a coach. I like Bowles. I think he's a good defensive coach, and that is what we are sometimes. We need to know our lane, stay in it. But sometimes you get anointed these jobs. You can't turn them down, especially a young brother uh, being a black man in the NFL when there's only three or four coaches in the league that are head coaches. I, I You got to take it. So I'm not saying, no, I'm not going to take it when I'm offered it. What I'm saying, though, it's, it's evident that – he is not a head coach. He's not ready because if you cannot challenge your leaders like Tom Brady as the head coach and like Bruce Arians did and it was public and Bruce Arians would call Tom Brady the fuck out like you should on a roster. You got to go after the fucking figurehead and make sure everyone else falls in line after that. Todd Bowles is yet to do that. Todd Bowles, the offense comes off the field. Todd Bowles is only talking defense to his coaches. You can tell he's a defensive coach being a head coach. Do you think that is a huge factor? Because I said it six months yeah. ago. I thought the Bucs would struggle this year, Matt. I thought Brady would struggle. I said it right here on my show, and it looks like it's true. And look, I, I Bowles was the head coach in New York for a good five, six seasons and did an okay job, I guess. Um, the, the last three years of his tenure were pretty bad. Didn't make the playoffs. Uh, so he's got some experience, but again, he's really laid back. Everybody be a pro. Just go do your job, blah, 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 blah. That sounds good. But I, with today's modern athlete, even though they're in the NFL, that don't make them a pro. So they need to they need to be taught how to do this correctly. And there's a massive problem with development mentally, physically, and from a professional level in the National Football League. And that's what we're talking about here. You know, they, he can't get his guys to play into the system he wants them to play uh, for the simple fact that he he needs professionals and veterans, and even the veterans and the professionals on his team aren't playing up to snuff. So, now, I, uh, you know, I look at the situation here with, with Tampa Bay, and, you know, the, I feel like they're they're right on the edge of either turning this around or complete disaster city. And, like, they they could easily get into the playoffs with a, with like a, an eight and nine record this year because their division is trash. So regardless of what happens record wise with this team, I don't think that they have the intestinal fortitude to win in the playoffs and beat anybody, and especially the top tier teams in the NFC. that seems like they have their shit together. So, Hey, Matt, uh, we got a guy in the chat. Uh, he's not a member at all, so he's probably a – but I like what he's saying because I'll address it. See, I don't shy away from real shit. He said, wait, now Brady needs a coach? When Arians was there, it was all Brady. When he was with Bill, it was all Brady. Now it's all Bulls and he's bad, and now he needs a coach. Okay, let me address that, first of all. 
We have been on this record saying that it's Brady and Belichick or or you never would have won. By the way, I would argue that Brady lost three Super Bowls, and I think other quarterbacks could have actually won those Super Bowls, but what do I know? I think, of course, it was Belichick 75%, Brady 25%, and that's my what I'm going to roll with. I do believe coaching's overrated. I, did, I do believe Brady made all those plays when he needed what, to. You said it was 75-25 coach first? I, I do. I do. Even though he's lost since he left. Uh, the reason I say that is because there has to be a culture set. There has to be a foundation set. There has to be a, uh, now listen, let me make sure I'm clear here. I'm on record saying coaching's overrated. Players win games, coaches lose them. So we know that me and you know that, you know, you can't go out and play for your old lineman that you've taught how to vertical pass that to. He has to go out and do it. He has to go do it. But at the same time, You've given them those tools and foundation and scouting reports to say, hey, this guy's a wide nine. He's going to stay outside. You got a vertical set and make that fucker go around. The quarterback, you're going to step up on this one. And you've given them those tools. I don't know if Brady wasn't given those tools for 20 years in New England like he's like no other. And I think that he, you can argue, he pissed down his leg three times on great, great game plans. And they could have won three more Super Bowls. So I'm just telling you that's just what I take it as. And I, I think the last two years in Tampa, uh, he's had a, a great roster. And I think that he was loaded. I think they beat a uh, – Bowles was doing great things as D.C., but he had a guy challenging him just as he did in New England in Belichick. Arians yep. challenged Tom. So to answer this guy's question, Bowles is not challenging Tom. And when you don't challenge the leader – you lose the locker, and that's what I'm saying. I don't say that. I do say coaching's overrated, Matt, but you know and I know. You got to get the guy to run through a wall for you as well and finish before the line, finish through the line, and finish before the line, and that's on you, Matt, as the coach and as the guy to get those kids to go there. Do you, do you, you disagree with that take? Um. I don't disagree with the coaching is important, but the Billichek Brady argument, 75-25 to Billichek is is nuts to me. I, I just, without, Billichek was a coach before. He had Bernie Kozar, he had Drew Bledsoe. I mean, he never sniffed anything until he got, not only did he get Tom Brady in, but, and, and also the refs help. Let's be real. Without the tuck rule and that one, instance in NFL history I don't even know if the New England Patriot dynasty even, is even sparked so I Wait, would before you start though before you start let's let's not forget dog this is the worst fucking football conference for 20 years that he ever no, I, I agree ever the saw. division that they I played in that division it was dog shit so I agree that the division was bad but let's be real the Colts division was terrible too the Colts played in the AFC South. Their division was a fucking cakewalk. That's why they were always in the playoffs as well. So I would flip it to 75. I would flip it to 60-40, uh, Brady being more important than Bill. Um, for the simple fact that I, I just – you can't do anything without a quality quarterback in this game. Uh, and the combination of both is equal equal greatness that I haven't seen before and you're probably not going to see after. Um <laughs> It's a it's a sticky it's a sticky situation it's and a, sticky a one, Matt. You're, com- you're, conversation that takes a it. lot of thinking. It's hard to talk about, but let me ask you this: it, though. it's hard to figure out which way I want to go on it, honestly, because I'm sitting here trying to 
I know. rationalize all of it in my head. Hey, but let me ask you this to help you out. Did Belichick just prove to everybody what he was the whole time? Like, this is like, okay, let's say I, JB, coach at Compton College. I coach at Compton. I had no resources. I had no autonomy. I had no this. I had no that. I go to Independence. I win a title because I had autonomy. I had resources. I had this. Did Belichick just show when he left Cleveland and he gave him autonomy? He became a GM. It showed his mastermind working to get all these pieces to the puzzle. And that actually helped. Like, well, do we oh, look yeah. at that too? I mean, having having everything come together is the entire point. That's why teams are great. Robert Kraft having the ability to identify that Belichick was a quality coach and stealing from the Jets. And then, you know, and essentially give them the keys to the car and say, do your thing. It worked. And that's the way it's supposed to. So that's trust. And you would love autonomy and you'd love when a, or when a front office and a head coach and a staff and all the players are on the same page and you meet great players with great coaching and you get fucking 10 Super Bowl appearances. Let me, or nine or whatever. Let me ask you a hypothetical. Belichick makes a run this year. Let's just say they beat someone they shouldn't. They get it. They they get a playoff win. Let's just say a fucking playoff win. Yep. I mean, I'm I'm almost like saying get into the playoffs at this point. But with Matt and Patricia as the OC and doing shit that we were like, people on ESPN are absolutely talking shit about Belichick. About he takes his team to the playoffs and wins with a Zappy or a Mac Jones. Would you think otherwise about what you just said on your seventy-five twenty-five? No, no. Uh, because it long the longevity part of this can't be gauged because that's the only part that we can't argue about because he's not going to coach another 14 years or 20. So we can't like gauge the next 20 years without Tom Brady and Tom's not going to play for another 20 years. But I, I look, Tom went to Tampa Bay because they were in a weak division again. He's not stupid. And they had unbelievable skill players that he could build around. And it worked. They got a ring. They went back to the playoffs last year. They look like shit right now. But I think when Jensen comes back and they figure out the offensive line, they'll be fine and win the division. Um, all that said, it's the end of the road for Tom Brady. You know, we, everybody's been waiting for him to fall off a cliff physically. And I don't know if he is right now or if he isn't, but something's going on. And I think it could be the end of the road for Belichick, too, up in New England. I think that at the end of this year, if they're not in the playoffs, which at this point, I don't think they will be a playoff team. Um, you know, we'll see how they do tonight. But next week, they play the Jets. Uh, and the Jets are on a fucking roll. So, New England obviously should win this game this evening and put themselves in a position to keep going. But I don't know. Maybe Belichick is so motivated by the thought of just winning to spite Tom Brady that he sticks around longer than he should. But. You know, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be really hard for any coach to win without the player. So, uh, you could put Bill Belichick on on the Carolina Panthers roster, and he's the Panthers are gonna suck and lose, like let's, more let's than they win. Football. Let's break down for the novice fan why the Jets and why the Giants are quality football teams in the NFL right now. I'm gonna start. First of all, New York Jets quarterback's not turning the football over. He's managing the football game. They're playing great defense, and they have this rookie, Brees Hall, from Iowa State, who's a Kansas kid I recruited, actually, out of North ACL yesterday, dog. He, he, he took a took an 80-yarder to the house. Like, he, 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 run, so the, so the common denominator here, 
Brees Hall, defense, quarterback's not turning the football over. You go over to the Giants, Saquon Barkley, quarterback not turning the football over. Great defense. coaching and solid defense. Yep. Is this not fucking – it's not it's math. It's the formula. It's not science. It's not math. You don't have to be a it's math major fucking engineer to understand. Running the football travels. Yeah. Defense travels. Quarterback play that don't turn the football over travels. And these are two black and blue teams from back in the day that we like to see nutty and gutty. And New York football being good in the NFL is a good thing. In awesome. And, and look, they they are both set up right now where they're not playing their, paying their quarterback $40 fucking million a year either. They're both on rookie deals. And they've gone out and spent a little bit of money. And they look, the Jets have a ton of cap space. They're going to go wild in the offseason if they want to. The Giants don't have as much, okay, but they're still – Dines is still on a rookie contract. So I I think that both of them are doing it correctly. Um, you know, the, the Jets specifically and the Giants have both come out of nowhere. Both teams, But everybody thought both teams were going to have top 10 draft picks again and you know, and trying to replace both the quarterbacks. And right now, both the quarterbacks look like they're the glue that's keeping the teams together. Um, the Giants... I think the Giants have a legit shot to win their division and really make some fucking noise. The Jets are probably a wild card team at best because I don't think they're as good as Buffalo, but we'll see when they play. Uh, and I mean, Zach Wilson, not only is he dominating on the field, but can you imagine the amount of mom ass that Zach Wilson is annihilating right now in New York, dog? With as good as he's playing, that motherfucker can walk into any bar in Long Island or in Manhattan and be like, yo, the MILF hunter is here, dog. What's up? And just drop the cock on the table and be like, yo, five and two, bitch, what? Hey, let me ask you this. Brees Hall, out for the year, looks like torn ACL. Yeah, are, they, are they done? No, fuck no. They'll be fine. They'll they'll pick up a back on waivers. There's running backs everywhere. They'll feed the ball to Michael Carter and they'll roll. They, they lost Corey Davis yesterday. Elijah Moore's out. It don't seem to matter. They just keep going. So next guy up mentality in New York. And, and look, are the Jets going to outscore people to win football games? Fuck no. That's not what they're doing. They need to, they're going to win when they win ugly like they've been doing with defense and special teams and not fucking turning the ball over. So to Man. be honest with you, the game plan that the Jets put on paper yesterday, the game plan the Giants keeps putting on paper is what 95% of the, of the, NFL teams need to do anyway to protect their quarterbacks that aren't as good as they think they are and run the ball and play defense and win football games. If the Broncos could figure out how to play like this, they would probably be five and two instead of two and fucking five. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, I'm, let me ask you this. Um, I, I gotta, I want to, I want to talk about fucking, we, we got this jet situation. We got the giants. We got these teams. The Eagles are standing up blown undefeated in that division. The Bucks look bad. The Rams look bad. The Niners look bad lately. Uh, the NFC is atrocious, like you say. Uh, the AFC also has some atrocious. AFC South, I think everyone has four losses. Um, bad, bad football all the way around the world. Uh, so the, the, the Rippin' Kid came in and actually was 24 of 56. Why 56 throw, throws? Why would you throw the ball 56 times with this kid? And look, I, I, my main note I wrote down last night is wherever Sean Payton is, he needs to be paid immediately 
to get on a plane and come to Denver and be the head coach, period. And, and Nathaniel Hackett is not the guy. 56 goddamn throws against the Jets at home with your backup quarterback, and you do not run the ball and control time of possession in the clock, and you lose 16 to 9. And you throw the ball 56 times. I mean, dog, it's, it's, it's almost – it's like he read the, the fucking book, like how to coach in the NFL for dummies. And he was like, oh, I'm going to fucking do it like this, blah, blah, blah. I just wonder if his name was like Nathaniel Jackson, if he would still be getting this job. Because his, his daddy was a hell of a coach. So in the good old boys fucking era that we live in, where, you know, Chris Fowler's kid is on TV, as the Fowler brother, the Fowler son, everybody's kids are getting jobs. That's cool. I ain't saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, be good at your fucking job if you get it. If you get it handed to you because you're last name. Sims kid. Be That's good at it. Horrible. So I, I think that uh, I think Hackett is in trouble, um, and he should be. The Broncos' offense is atrocious. I didn't think it could get worse than it has been since Super Bowl Fifty. Since they won that game, it's been playoff drought and just awful football since. Um, if the Jets make the playoffs this year, the Broncos have the longest drought of not making the playoffs in the NFL uh, next after the after New York. So I, look, bro. It's just bad look after bad look after bad look in Denver. They're they're on national TV shutting down their leg every other week. The commercials with Russell Danger Wilson are getting out of control. It, I, the the national narrative is bad. The head coaching and the play calling is fucking terrible. Fifty six goddamn throws yesterday for Rippin. Fifty six. They should have ran the ball sixty times. If they run the ball 60 times and throw it 12, 15, I, mean, I guarantee you they win the game. Russell hasn't even thrown that many times. I got to ask you something. I'm curious if Mark Rippon, the father of this Rippon kid, who oh, I love Mark Rippon. Fuck, he was a Washington gangster for the Redskins for years and played everywhere his else. Uncle. His uncle? Okay, his uncle. I'm curious. Does Mark Rippon have a tie with Paul Jackett? Like, does he know, does he know Hackett? The older I, mean, ones? I wonder what their tie is. I know that they know each other. I guarantee there's a tie. And I'm wondering, is this fucking kid throwing the ball 56 times because of that relationship? No, Russell Wilson hasn't thrown the football fucking 56 times in his fucking career, I don't think. I, I think that the head coach is just extremely under or underqualified for the position he's in. I think he panics. I think he should not be where he's at. Um, he's extremely indecisive. He doesn't understand the the ebb and flow of the game. His game management is fucking terrible. Um, I just, they, they had so many opportunities yesterday to win that game. And pretty much every game they've been in that they played, they should have, they arguably could say they could be five and five and two, six and one right now. Um, but they're two and five and the worst offensive football because their head coach should not be head coaching or calling plays. He's doing both. Like, I'd imagine that he's going to relinquish play calling uh, here pretty soon because that's the next step before you get fired. And then they're, they're in Jacksonville, or they're in England this week playing Jacksonville, and that's a toss-up. Both Whichever team decides to not be, you know, out there eating fish and chips and fucking seeing the sights and go play a football game, that's who's going to win. So I, I got you for about two minutes. Let me ask you something real quick. Should the Patriots stay with Zappy or is Mac Jones back tonight a good decision? 
I would stay with Zappy for one week and let Jones back him up. And then if Zappy struggles, put Jones in sometime tonight and roll. I wouldn't just bench Zap after everything he's done. Up to the, look, it'd be different if we were talking about veterans. Jones isn't a veteran. He's coming off a high ankle. Okay, so just go be the backup for a night. If, if everything goes well, then we've got a little bit of a quarterback controversy next week that we can deal with. And Belichick knows how to deal with those controversies, and he does it pretty well. Uh, and, and, you know. Let's get into two-minute drill before you get out of here. Uh, brought to you by CandidateCBD.com. We're headed over to the two-minute drill. Uh, Matt, you want to go first and get out of here, and I'll finish, or you want me to go first and you follow? You can go first. Let's go. All right, let's go. Let's go. Keys to victory tonight. Uh, I'm going to start. we got the two-minute drill. We're on the clock. I'll go for a minute. Uh, keys to victory for New England, in my opinion. Good quarterback play. Whoever the starter is, he's got to be excellent tonight and, and control the line of scrimmage with his audible, with his voice, with his uh, control. Uh, I believe Mac Jones can do it. I also believe Zappi's doing it. I believe New England has to find a run game, not only because this team is an inferior team in Chicago. I just think New England has to start planning for the Jets, for Buffalo, for Miami, and they have to establish a run game in New England because I don't believe the quarterback's a guy to throw the ball 56 fucking times like they did in Denver last night with a fucking rookie. Incredible. In my opinion, I think that the keys to victory in this two-minute drill for me are the quarterback, whoever it may be, efficient, don't turn the football over, run the football, and do what Belichick's defenses do. Control the line of scrimmage on defense, get takeaways, get turnovers, force punts, and get the ball back to their offense that is a little bit lackluster. On the other side of the ball, Justin Fields needs to just do something that I don't think Justin Fields can do, which is not turn the football over, make critical throws with his arm, and save his feet for manipulation times. He needs to manipulate the pocket with his feet instead of just be a runner. Use his feet that he's such a great athlete. Use his feet to climb the pocket, move in the pocket, and make throws. Because once people collapse to a great athlete, Matt, as you know on defense, throws become wide open behind it. He has to do that, manipulate the defense with his feet, throw it over the top. And if he can do those things and then they run the football, uh, I think Chicago's defense is pretty good, and New England's offense isn't great. So I think it could be a close game. I do agree with Matt. Let's take the under. Matt, you got a minute. Give me your two-minute drill, keys to victory. All right, so I'll definitely take the under this evening. Both defenses are pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. Uh, both quarterbacks are young. One Zappy looks like a better prospect than Fields. Um, you know, the, the Bears are going to hammer the ball with Montgomery or whoever they have back there. Try and play good defense, get some turnovers, and see what they can see. Justin Fields isn't going to win you games, but he'll damn sure lose them for you. And Belichick is the king of taking away what you do well. So if they're going to try and run the ball and establish first down and put them in you know, manageable second downs where the defense is on their heels, okay, then the, the Patriots are taking that shit away, period. So I, I think that New England dominates this game tonight. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Chicago gets shut out. Um, and, and it's just the, the mind of Belichick with young quarterbacks. It's like stealing almost bro. Like he's showing them things and he's doing things to these, to the mind of the quarterback on the other side that that young guy has never seen before. So you can try and get ready for you all you want, all you want, but Belichick is the king on defense of week by week game plans and week by week schemes. So I'll take New England tonight by a lot. 
Um, I'll still take the under because I don't think Chicago will score. So we'll talk uh, about it again tomorrow morning. Hey, interesting take before you get out of here. Uh, uh, this guy, he's not a member either, but he said something. Giselle into witchcraft. Did she cast a spell on the Bucks and Tom Brady? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's a spell. She's just a woman. Women quit. <laughs> hey, is, is it because of the – or is it the pussy? Because that well, is a spell. That'll make well, them up weak. I, mean, I know it's bad. Whatever whatever spell has been cast on Tom, that shit is bad. I mean, I've he never seen him like horrible, this. Horrible, bro. He looks decrepit. He looks stressed. He looks like the world is on his shoulders. Well, that that's look. I'm divorced. Bad. Going through a divorce is not fun. This shit is terrible. And his is, is public. So. Uh, yeah, he is bad. Uh, man, I appreciate you, dog, like always. Uh, Amen. This Monday. Uh, enjoy the week, man. Make sure you follow um, Zach on all streaming platforms, everything he's on social media-wise, and, and listen to him on the radio uh, every day, 10 o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, Peace. See you tomorrow. Peace out, brother. Later. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, man, interesting, interesting take, interesting. Um, I want to get uh, – I want to bring Wido and Capo in here in a minute. I want to break down this UFC real fast. I got to talk about it since it was such a big weekend in the UFC field, and I'm not very versed into the UFC uh, deal. Um, and so I want to break that down and all things UFC because apparently some people that uh, me, Capo, and Wido picked got their ass beat. And I think we picked against the Russian. And I think the Russian beat the fuck out of Oliveira. So, Hector, if you're free, Wido, you're free. Let's break down this UFC here in about five minutes uh, on the other side of this break. Uh, on the other side of this break. And uh, I'll be back in about three minutes. And uh, let me go take a piss. And, hey, man, I appreciate everybody. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. And uh, let's get after this uh, Menace Monday, man. We got an hour. I'm solo dolo for the next hour. I got a lot to discuss. Make sure you head on over to CoachJBStore.com. I'll be right back. Peace. But what do I know when I talk about the transfer portal being as shitty as it is, watering down college football? But what do I know when I say the landscape is completely open to anyone beating anyone? Have I not said it on this show? Did I not say it just a couple days ago? Did I not do a video on Twitter about it? Did I not talk about it on my shows here? And people just, nah, coach, hell no. Really? So, Appalachian State goes into A&M, a $40 million booster-loaded roster. Coach makes $10 million a year. The head coach, Coach Clark at at Appalach uh, Appalachian State makes 425k a year. But what do I know? Appalachian State has one four-star player on their roster, FYI. One. Texas A&M has 56 four or five-star players. Go look it up. Go Google it. Go check it out. Go look it up. $425,000 the head coach makes. Texas A&M special teams coordinator makes $1 million. So what do you think Appalachian State special teams coordinator makes? I'd say maybe 100K. Maybe 100K. 
maybe 100K. Maybe 100K. What do you think their quarterback coach makes? 45, 50. You know what A&M's quarterback coach makes? $325,000. Almost as much as the head football coach at Appalachian State. All right, all right, all right. I'm back, I'm back. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Um, appreciate you. Uh, Wido Capo, if you're in the house, comes in. Wido, what up, man? Uh, appreciate your commercial, dog. You rocked the house on that. Let me let me break this UFC thing down real quick for about five minutes. I got to get back to this other shit I got. Let me ask you something. Uh, Aljo won. Oliveira lost to the Russian. Me and you, Capo, talked about these games. <coughs> in particular break down the weekend real fast in your fastest five minutes give me a breakdown because i don't know shit so it was a great ufc card 280 live from abu dhabi first and foremost i picked sean brady from philly in the prelims he got knocked out round two by balil muhammad great fight we'll see what he does then main event coach huge let's start it off sean o'malley peter yarn pink hair coach you went against my dog he got the win some people think it's a questionable decision by the refs 2-1 2-1 decision, Sean O'Malley. I think it's really close, but damage, damage. I'm giving it to Sean O'Malley. Great win. Then coach, Benil Dariush, really surprising people. He came out there as the underdog and won. He's the guy who could have had the lightweight title shot. He got the win, proved his wrestling is top tier. So I think we'll see him and Charles Oliveira moving forward. In the main event, coach, Charles Oliveira did lose his belt to Islam Makachev, the Russian phenom, Khabib's young man. Aljamain Sterling got the win. We'll touch on that a little bit. TJ Dillashaw, I guess, separated his shoulder during camp. Still stayed in the fight. Probably should have pulled out. Dislocated his shoulder. Off rip. First takedown. Was just compromised. Got whooped. Lost. No excuse. Get your ass out of here. The main event, coach. I was very worried that if Oliveira did not touch Islam up early, get him weakened a little bit, do something to not let Islam be full strength when he does grab a hold of him, and in early round two, he got dropped. Oliveira. But like I said, he gets dropped a lot. He's okay. He got dropped, coach. Islam dropped right to the ground. Put him in that choke. And it was over. Tapped out. Submitted Charles Oliveira with the most submissions and the most finishes in UFC history. Islam finished him in round two. Nothing but credit, coach. So now, Islam has now called out. He just beat the number two fighter in the world. Won the lightweight championship belt. Now he called out Alexander Volkanovsky who is the number one rated pound-for-pound fighter, who is the featherweight champion, one weight class down, coach, but he's a big dog. He's a short guy, but he's a big fighter. He's going to go to Australia, his home, and fight him for the lightweight belt for the number one pound-for-pound fight. It's going to be huge, coach. Damn. I don't know nothing about it. I know that uh, I know that Hector picked uh, – he, he did not like the Russians, and the Russian came in fucking <laughs> – He so, just wanted I, to see their, their run stop. I well, I wasn't I wasn't switching sides on my fucking homie Charles Oliveira. I've been riding with him for a minute now. I'm not just gonna fucking jump ship because he's first thing some uh, prodigy Russian guy. Like you know, I'm gonna fucking ride with my guy. It's like Gladiator, man. That's my fighter. I'm gonna fucking keep rocking with him. Yeah, hey, so-, so Aljo won. That was the guy that that was the Jamaican cat or whatever. Yeah, correct. Yep. And, and we picked him to win, didn't we? Yeah, that was a weird, weird uh, fight. Uh, Dillashaw popped his shoulder out in the first round, and I got to give him so much credit because he fought the whole five. It was like four minutes left in the round with his shoulder popped out of his socket, and he survived. 
Uh, but then Sterling just finished him in round two. Yeah, during camp, Coach TJ Dillside, that was the guy who had the PEDs we were talking about. He'd come back from suspension. He said he popped his shoulder out 20-plus times in this training camp. So a lot of yeah. people were like, fuck, bro, you should have pulled off the fight. But he didn't want to wait another year. Uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, shit, Hector, give me your picks tonight, Hector, real quick. Uh, before I got to move on, who who uh, who wins tonight and why? I mean, I'm still waiting on the whole quarterback situation from the uh, Patriots side. But what's the spread? Ex- it's I know the over under is at 40 and a half. The under is slightly favored. The spread right now is Patriots minus eight and a half. God damn, Damian Harris just came back. He's uh he practiced in full. So they're gonna have a two-headed monster in that in that backfield. Uh, so I mean, I gotta go with the Patriots here. <laughs> I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you to bet your hard-earned money with uh, Justin Fields, and you want to bet against Bill Belichick. No, thank you. It's a uh, Patriots or bust for me. Yeah, is this a game, Coach, where Belichick schemes uh, Fields like he's never been schemed before? Oh yeah, no doubt. Just like he did uh, last week. Just like he, just like he schemed the golfs of the world and these other cats that just aren't ready for the next level of football. That is what we're gonna see um, tonight. Justin, Justin Fields will make plays with his feet. Obviously, he'll make some plays, but uh, <clears throat> there's no way. I, I just think he's gonna he's gonna make it real hard on him uh, with a team that's just inferior offensive line, wide out wise. Justin Fields. Uh, I'm, I'm, I just, I'd be shocked if he doesn't, uh, if he makes me eat crow tonight and balls the fuck out and makes throws and do the, I'll be shocked and I'll give him kudos to him. But I still, even one game is not going to change my mind. But at the same time, I think Belichick schemes him and I think New England beats him uh, mildly tonight. And so. now, coach, before I get out of here, we know who the greatest is through five or six games. Is Pat Mahomes your best quarterback in the league so far? This year? Yep. Nah, Allen would be because he beat him. <clears throat> so Allen would be best right now, but Burrow looks like uh, Burrow's coming on strong. He's starting to look like last year, Burrow. Uh, just throwing, throwing that out there. Burrow's starting to look like the top three guy that I thought he was and said he was. So he's starting to look good, getting the ball back to Chase, and they're starting to look real good. They beat your Atlanta Falcons yesterday pretty handily. I thought the Atlanta did not show up for whatever reason. They just looked bad yesterday, flat. 14 nothing game starts off, and uh, – I thought they looked bad, but Burrow got me, I think, like 52 DraftKings points. So he he's starting to look good again. So, uh, hey, it is what it is. I think Allen would be my number one right now. Uh, Rodgers looks bad because of their team and roster alignment. Uh, Brady looks bad because of everything, plus the witch doctor herself is casting spells over them. And I don't know. It's just a, it's a change of tide right now, man. And I don't know uh, – I don't know where we go from here. I, the quarterback plays so bad anyway, but we're going to see. Uh, but I do like the Giants and just continue to win. The Jets mm-hmm. continue to win. I don't know if the Jets are sustainable, and I hope the Giants are, but I don't know if the Giants are a team to really take that serious to compete versus an Eagles team. And they got to prove they can beat the, the, the Cowboys, who's their one lost team they've lost to so far. So they got to beat the Cowboys, who has a inferior, uh, you know, uh, a superior pass rush. And uh, they're going to have to figure that out. But I think those there's some interesting teams right now this year, um, to say the least. But New England's on the rise. We'll see if New England can hang. We'll, we don't know. But we're going to see that tonight, man. But 
Man, Danny Dimes showed Danny Wheels yesterday. Make sure you guys follow Capo and Wido. Make sure you hit him up his uh, his YouTube channel. Both of them. Capo will get to you uh, and let him let us know when he's going to be doing his betting show, uh, Stat Lab, right here on the Coach JB Network. Appreciate you guys, dog. I love. Peace. Um, make sure you guys head on over and watch them guys. Capo's going to give him his picks. Um, well, let's head to the third and long segment of this show. Um, <clears throat> brought to you by Candidates. We're in the third and long. Uh, we got a lot to discuss still here. Uh, we got a lot of football to show. I might show some film too. Um, I got to get to a few things, man, real fast. All right. Um, Clemson in the college of the world, uh, they made a late comeback after substituting DJ for the young kid, the rookie freshman uh, out of Westlake, I think out of Westlake in Texas, Austin, Westlake. Quarterback's really good. I like the kid game one this year when they when they put him in, uh, gave him a spark. This week he came in and he made some exciting plays. He didn't look great, but he did some things that I thought sparked Clemson. Uh, Syracuse still should have won the football game, in my opinion. But Clemson made that comeback, and they end up winning 27-24, or 27-21 in the Battle of Those Unbeatens. Uh, DJ threw two picks. He was 13-21, no touchdowns. In the Clemson ground game, Picked up the slack and uh, Will Shipley and uh, and and, and uh, I think the Phil Maffa kid combined uh, for 45 carries, 266 and three touchdowns. Running the fucking football travels. When have you not heard me say, run the football, play defense? It travels. I don't care if you're in the NFL. I don't think you care. I don't care if you're in college. I don't care where you are. Defense and running the football travel. So. I just wanted to make sure you guys understand that. And Clemson did it last night uh, to perfection, or two days ago, excuse me, and they ended up getting that 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 deal done. Um, so, you know, I told you I like the kid at Clemson, uh, Syracuse, uh, the Schrader kid. I think he looks he's 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 got a lot of Josh Allen in him. I have to see him throw the ball a little more. He's not as talented as Josh, not as big arm, but he. he Quarterback run game was really giving Clemson fits. Um, you know, uh, did a lot of different things. Um, a lot of different things he kept doing. And, you know, very interesting to see that unfold on how he, uh, how they look. So I like the kid, uh, but, you know, I don't know. K-State, on the other hand, they travel at TCU for homecoming. TCU holds them off, 38-28. Dugan played well. He was 2017-26, 280 and three touchdowns. Um, you know, they ran the football as well, man. They ran the football. And then, uh, you know, K-State quarterback Adrian Martinez went down the first drive, did not return. Uh, that hurt them. And then UCLA, Oregon, biggest game on the West Coast in a long, long time. UCLA don't even show up for the first half of the game. Uh, Chip Kelly uh, basically ruined DTR's chance to reach a playoff and even any consideration for the Heisman. Uh, can the Ducks win out and make it back to a college playoff, or or will that week one beat down, like Zach Smith said in the first hour, keep them out of it, even if they win out? I don't know. That first game was alarmingly bad. But the committee has done different things in the past. Bo Nix was 22 of 28, five touchdowns, which puts him back in consideration as being a one of the best transfer quarterbacks this year. 
And uh, you got to put him up there with uh, with the kid at USC as far as the best transfer quarterbacks. Everyone else, for that matter, has pretty much struggled. If you want to call Ewers a, a transfer, but he struggled yesterday. Uh, LSU beat the dog shit out of Ole Miss. Uh, the lane train got derailed in Baton Rouge for a second-half blowout. Um, Brian Kelly has bounced back uh, since getting blown out by Tennessee two weeks ago. And they're right there, man. Jaden Daniels has become a guy that people have to really take into consideration a threat. 250 passing, 121 rushing, five touchdowns. He looks like uh, he's making people eat crow on his transfer from Arizona State to LSU. So uh, it's interesting to see that game and how it unfolded. Um, You know, I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting to see this this SEC West unfold. I, I do agree with Zach. I think Kentucky Tennessee game it can be a it can be a game, man. Uh, that is a uh, Tennessee's looking past, and I don't know if you can look past an all star type of game, uh, a rivalry game. All your boys played against each other at the high school level in all star games, is what I was going with that. Um, it's a rivalry game. Kids know each other, close proximity. This is a game, both teams in the top, you know, 20, one in the top five. This is a team and a game that Tennessee can look past. And, uh, we're going to, I'm very interested to see how it unfolds. I'm very, very interested to see how this thing unfolds and, uh, can't wait to see it all. Can't wait to see it all. Um, Um, so curious to see, we're going to see how it ends up unfolding and, um, let me see here. Um, curious to see how this thing unfolds in the West and and the SEC, but we'll see. Uh, I gotta, I gotta break down a few things. Eddie Manyweather, please stop talking about the Dallas fucking Cowboys dog. Dak Prescott looked like hammered shit yesterday. He was fucking God awful. All right, he was throwing fucking hitches now. He threw he was 68% completion percentage, and he missed about seven wide open targets that he should never have missed. And he looked very average. He looked like Dak usually does. He looked like the same Cooper Rush. They played the Lions, bro. Calm down. Calm down, Eddie Manyweather. They played the Lions. Like, that's not a great don't act like they just came in and beat Buffalo, homie. They beat the Lions, who are absolutely atrocious. They're a fucking worst team in football, probably. And you guys beat them 24-6, and we're down 6-3 to three going into halftime. You guys were up 9-6 at half, dude. Come on. Calm down. Calm down, bro. I'm not a believer. So I'm just, I'm just telling you, I'm not a believer. So we'll see at the end of the year what it ends up looking like. We're going to see. Um, I gotta, I gotta break down, uh, this, this thing real quick. Um, come on, dude, the commanders, Aaron Rodgers looks atrocious. I, I really, it's, he's bad. He looks bad. Um, the team looks bad. It's not, it's not Aaron Rodgers, more or less it's the team. Brady looks bad. Uh, again, the roster and the team, but I want to break something down real quick. They got Aaron Rodgers walking off the field yesterday talking about what the fuck are we doing, all right? You see him say it. 
Uh, looks like he's saying it. They're saying he's saying it towards the head coach. It looks like he's talking to a player and everyone else on the sideline. And then, so people want to tell me, why aren't you blasting Aaron Rodgers like you are Kyler Murray? Okay. I want to understand. I want to make sure you understand that there's levels to this thing. Okay. Number one, uh, if you didn't notice, Aaron Rodgers is in the middle of the field and he's saying, what the fuck are we doing now? If you've ever coached, you've always had a kid say those things. Uh, but he surely wasn't rushing the coach in a demonstrative manner, being ultra aggressive in his face, talking shit. I think Rogers has respect for his kid coach. I think he has respect for the organization. I believe he's earned the right to question something because he has a Super Bowl and he's Aaron Rodgers. Don't compare that guy to fucking Kyler Murray's mental midget ass who's gotten more money than God, walks over towards the head coach in an aggressive manner and talks shit when you haven't earned shit. So don't compare Aaron Rodgers to fucking Kyler Murray, okay? And if you watch the film, Aaron Rodgers questioned, what the fuck are we doing in the middle of the field, comes to the sideline and talks to his head coach in a very civil manner. So it wasn't like Aaron Rodgers comes over, throws the helmet, motherfuck you. Look at the difference, okay? Just please look at the differences. People love to just throw dumb shit out there. It's like, shut the fuck up. The complete, it's two completely different situations, okay? So let's be clear. The Packers are on a three-game losing streak. Giants, Jets, and now the fucking Commanders. I call the Washington Wussies. That's what the W stands for on the fucking helmet. They, they also have the Bills next week. I'm going to go out on a ledge, on a limb, on a cliff, whatever the fuck you want to say. I say that the Packers beat the Bills next week for JB's pick of the week. I'm saying it right now on the light of the Monday night football extravaganza we're about to watch tonight between the fucking Patriots and the Bears. I'm saying next week the Packers beat the Bills on Sunday night football because if they don't, their season's done. If they don't, their season's done, Gorian. Their season's done. And they have to have that monumental victory, right? Like, we're picking. There's a bunch of people still picking the Packers to win. I'm like, dude, their team is not good. Their team is not good. And, and listen, do I really believe that they could beat the Bills? Probably not. Do I believe that when you have a great quarterback that can be so efficient on any given night, you can win any game? Yes. Aaron Rodgers checks that box for me. Um, they got Aaron Jones more involved yesterday. I thought he did better. I thought he helped them win uh, or helped them control the line of scrimmage for. I, I don't know why they got rid of running the football with him. I think they should have pounded him 30 times. Um, but having said that, I'm going with my gut as to the Packers just have to win the game. They just have to win the game. That's the only reason I'm saying they have to win, and that's why I think they will win. And that is the only reason I'm saying it. I don't know if I really believe that they can beat the fucking Bills. Uh, I really don't. But at the same time, they dog, they have to, fellas. They have to. Or they're really fucked. They're really, really fucked here. 
And if they lose this game, they're done. You can't consider them a playoff team at all. So we'll see. I mean, Gorian saying, but they won't. I mean, you're saying you're you're definitively making a statement that you don't know is true or false yet. So calm down. <laughs> we can't say they won't. We don't know that. I'm going out and saying that's going to be my upset pick of the week. I think the Bills lose to the Packers. Aaron Rodgers goes off and changes their season. Now, if they don't, they don't. And it's a, it's a, it's a long shot for me to say this, but if they don't win, dude, I think their season's over. Their season is over. Now, the Bucks have lost four out of five. So the Panthers, they lose to the fucking Panthers. Steelers, another team with a rookie quarterback. Packers and the Chiefs. They stayed tied for the lead because Atlanta did not look good yesterday either. Got waxed by the Cincinnati. Um, very, very curious. With the Packers and the Bucks struggling this year, this should be the poll question, but is the Brady and the Roger era over? They are by far the two most decorated quarterbacks in this league right now, but as their time ran out, is it now the Allen, Mahomes, uh, you know, Fuck, I don't even know who else. Like, who else is it? Uh, Burrow is my pick. But is it now the Burrow, Mahomes, Allen era? Are you officially ready to put a stamp to the Brady-Rogers era being done? Uh, It could look that way. I'm never going to call. I'm never going to. You have to knock a champion out in the boxing world. Okay? You have to knock a champion out. And that is the, you know, when you're in a boxing profession, you don't want to take it to a a decision because the champ's going to win usually, right? Only way to make sure you know he's done is you knock him out. you got to knock Rodgers and Brady out. Let them walk into the sunset. Rodgers, I could see easily leaving and going to Frisco or or the Raiders. Brady, I can see this is it. I'm going to hang this thing up. I got I got life issues I have to correct and address. Plus, I'm going into the booth next year. I've already gotten paid $375 million or whatever the fuck. So my shit's done. Let's move on. I'm walking on to the sunset. Aaron Rodgers is going to move on from the Packers because they have absolutely fucked him, in my opinion, with the receiving core they've given him. So having said that, um, I think it is getting close to saying this is the Allen Mahomes Burrow new era. <clears throat> um, but I guess that's my debate. I want to know what you guys think. <clears throat> um, that is a very, that is my take. I want to know, you know, do you agree with my anal- my analytics there? My analogy? Do you got to knock out Brady and Red Rogers? What if they go on a run? Because their teams are still talented. They still have those two at quarterback. They can still figure some things out. Uh, I kind of agree with Matt. I think once they get Jensen back for Buc- the Buccaneers, that offensive line gets going. They get the run game going. Uh, I can see the Bucks making it turn for the better because they are in a shitty conference. The Saints are shit. Atlanta looks like they're hit and miss. I thought Atlanta could still win that division, which they can. They're tied. Uh, they're not out of it by any means. They look bad yesterday, though. Again, when you're behind to a team that can score like the Buck, like the Bengals, you don't have the quarterback in Atlanta to get you back in the game. Mariota's not a guy to come back from 14 nothing. 
that's just a guy you cannot come back from a team that has a quarterback on the other side who's a trigger man who can throw it all over the park. You can't come back versus that. You can't. Mariota's not the guy to sit back there and dissect coverage and bring the game back to, to, a, to a tie. It's just not going to happen. You got to get a quarterback in Atlanta. And Atlanta don't have bad pieces. They got a couple good pieces they can move around and get a quarterback. They got to get a fucking quarterback. So does, so does the Saints. The Saints have to get a fucking quarterback. They have to get a quarterback. The Saints have to get a quarterback. Um, so we'll see. Um, the best quarterback scramble, according to Bruce Helms. Dogs bark, cats go meow. Well, show me a quarterback that scrambles that's won this fucking Super Bowl, and then we'll talk. First of all, show me that. Show me that guy, fucking Mr. Resume, holding fucking genius coach. Show me the guy that scrambles around who's won a Super Bowl. I'm waiting to see it. I'm curious. I, I, please show me on your great resume. I want to see this, Bruce Helms. Show me... The guy that scrambles around that's won a Super Bowl. You better not say Steve Young either because you don't know fucking nothing if you say Steve Young. Steve Young won a Super Bowl by throwing five touchdowns MVP. He threw him from the pocket, by the way. Uh, don't say Mahomes. Mahomes wasn't a fucking scrambling guy around in that Super Bowl. He made a play in against the Titans to get him to the Super Bowl. He made a play versus the Texans when they were down big. The Deshaun Watson micro penis led team came back and won, but don't think he didn't do it with his arm to win those games over his feet. When he actually throws with his fucking arm, he's a much better pass a quarterback. Josh Allen run, runs around too much for my liking still, and is yet to win a meaningful football game. Burroughs went to the Super Bowl last year versus Stafford, who either one really scramble around. They make plays with their feet. Don't get it fucking twisted. Scrambling and making plays with your feet, one can consider similar. I consider provisional, improvisional. Moving around, making people move with your eyes and making people adapt to your feet, suck them down, throw it over the top, which Burrow does better than anyone. Aaron Rodgers is that same way. Um, and so Josh Allen runs around too much. Mahomes is starting to understand. Let me suck defenders to me. I'll throw it over the top, which he did yesterday to Frisco. So show me a scrambler that has won a Super Bowl. I'm waiting to see it. Russell Wilson was not a scrambler, dog. Russell Wilson threw the ball from the pocket. He made plays with his feet in that Super Bowl. And all the next year as well, when they went back to a Super Bowl, he wasn't a guy running around like Kyler fucking Murray, okay? Come on, dog. Miss me. Don Baum. Thank you for your segue, because that was what's on my fucking next agenda right now. Don Baum, thank you. Don Baum said, I was a baby when Steve Young won, so I don't know. 
I appreciate the fact that you said you don't know. Compared to cats that I deal with on Twitter who come out and say, hell nah, he ain't that good, that guy. He ain't that good. I'm like, really? How do you know? I don't know. I just know what Mahomes is. How fucking ignorant of a statement is that? If you haven't lived in both eras or all three eras and seen the different generational fucking transition from the Namath to the Montana, from the Montana to the Aikman, from the Aikmans to the Mannings, from the Mannings and the Bradys, I'll put those together, to the Mahomes and the Allens, don't fucking act like you know. You don't know. You're fucking ignorant. You are ignorant. Bruce Helms, you've already been blasted about saying this dumb shit. They're not faster, though. They're not stronger now. Are you fucking joking me? Show me a Deion Sanders and a Bo Jackson right now, dog. I'll wait. Show me. Show me a Deion Sanders and a Bo Jackson. Show me a Bruce Smith. Show me a Reggie White. Show me a fucking Derek fucking Brooks. I'm waiting to see. Show me a Champ Bailey. Show me a Sean Taylor. Show me another Ed Reed. Show me a Ronnie Lott. Show me a Randy Moss. I'm waiting to see where all your... Show me a Ron Brown. Show me a Herschel Walker. Show me a fucking Tony Dorsett. I am waiting to see this faster and stronger era. Show me where they are, homie. Where is it faster now? I'm going to see. Show me. <laughs> Get the... You say some dumb shit, dog. Holy fuck. Show me a Daryl Green. Show me a Daryl Green speed guy. Show me a fucking Deion Sanders at corner, dog. I want to see where you're faster at, where you're stronger at. Have you seen the bodies of the current NFL? Have you fucking seen the bodies of the NFL player? Do you want to compare them to our era and talk to me about fast and strong? Are you fucking joking me? Have you seen who the fuck Lawrence Taylor was back in the day? Have you seen Reggie White? Did you see Larry Allen? Have you seen Will Shields? Have you fucking seen Ray Lewis at Mike Backer? Have you seen a Mike Backer look like Ray Lewis lately? Have you seen anyone at corner look like any of those old school fucking dudes that I'm discussing right now? Have you seen any of them? Please, dog, show me. I'm curious. I want to see. Well, I grew up with Larry Allen, so yes, he could bench 700 pounds. I no, Aaron Ronald, Aaron Donald's not stronger. For example, and John Ross. So you're comparing John Ross, who don't even play, who has absolutely been horrible in the NFL. You're comparing a guy who is a track star. To Randy Moss. Are you fucking that stupid? Am I really even debating you right now? You're telling me that Aaron Donald is Reggie White. Warren Sapp. 
I mean, I can argue Bruce Smith. I can argue a bunch of dudes. Greg Townsend. Michael fucking Strahan, for that matter. I can argue a bunch of guys. He's 5'10". He is very, very leveraged happy. That means when you're that leverage, you're that low, you have leverage automatically by genetics. You know how hard it is for 6'8 O-linemen to block 5'10 people that can run like a linebacker? Aaron Donald is a freak of nature athletically. That doesn't mean he's the strongest player. He is a 5'10 dude that you find hard to block because of his leverage and pad level. He is out leveraging you. So please, please miss it. Please miss me with the bullshit takes. Um, You are a fucking joke. Please miss me with that shit. Um, I gotta be honest. This motherfucker said John Ross. He compared John Ross to our NFL great speedsters. <laughs> oh my God, dog. Some of you just talk, homie. Some of you just talk. If you ever say Derrick Henry's Bo Jackson, Eddie Manyweather, I swear to God, dog, I'll fucking block you. I will block you if you ever say that that's some that is dumber than Bruce Helms, homie. God damn it, dog. Come on, Eddie. I fucking love you, Eddie. Did you just say that Bo Jackson is in the same category as fucking Derrick Henry? Dog, how old are you, homie? You don't know better? Are you fucking kidding me right now? Holy shit. You video game era motherfuckers, dog. Really, really fucking irk me sometimes, homie. Derrick Henry is in the same category as Bo Jackson? Holy shit. This is the prime example. If you didn't watch him grow up and play, don't fucking comment. Don't fucking comment. Eddie, dog, I'm doing everything I can to stop from blocking you, dog. If you ever mention Eric Dickerson in the same fucking sentence as Derrick Henry, I swear to God, dog, I'll block you. You're fucking unbelievable. How many games did you watch of Eric Dickerson, dog? I, I, I want to I know. Tell me, Eddie. I want to know, Eddie. You're pissing me off, Eddie. I'm going to block your ass, Eddie. Tell me how many games of Eric Dickerson and Bo Jackson you got to witness Versus Derrick Henry. Come on, dog. Give me the fucking... You just are starting to talk like Isaac Lords, homie. You're starting to sound like Isaac Lords. Oh, my God. I I didn't see that you said Dak Prescott was the comeback player of the year. Are you fucking joking me? First of all, you can't be a comeback player of the year when you started the season off, number one. So stop saying stupid shit. Number two, he's nothing back player of the year. He's the get back coach player of the year, motherfucker. He's the get back guy player of the year. That's who he is. Motherfucker, he ain't the comeback player shit. Wait till he gets benched again. Holy shit, dog. We are fucked up. Some of you in this chat say some of the dumbest shit ever. Oh, shit. No, Derrick Henry's not Earl Campbell. He's not even Thurman Thomas. Have you ever put Earl Campbell in your mouth again with fucking Derrick Henry, homie? 
You're another one that's going to be blocked, Marcus Cruz. You know the fuck Earl Campbell is? Do you even know who Earl Campbell is? Do you even know who fucking Earl Campbell is? Oh, my God, dog. You guys are fucking unbelievable. You guys don't even know how good Eric Dickerson was. You guys don't even know. You have never even watched him. You're just fucking YouTubers. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the Vikings are 5-1. and one. The, the, the Packers are 3-4. and four. The, Pack, the Vikings, who I told you will win the North, look like they're winning the North. Um, I, I th- I've said it on this show. They're winning the North. It's not, it's not even close. Um, my biggest question is though, where does Aaron Rodgers end up? That is the number one discussion. Where does Aaron Rodgers end up? Is he a San Francisco 49er? Is he a Vegas Raider? I saw Bruce Helms say some more dumb shit in here. He he, he was in here earlier talking about Derek Carr. Coach, Derek Carr made you look dumb. Really? What the fuck did he do that's so great against the fucking Houston Texans? (laughs) Did he just light up the Houston Texans? I'm so... Let me get his stats from yesterday, dog. Let me get his fucking stats. I can't wait to break this motherfucker down. I can't wait to get this game. I will have that game this week. Uh, I will have that game this week. Um... So I'll make sure I I get that. Uh, Let's see here. Let's see here. I got to get the stats here. Um, Remember Derek Carr was uh, heartbroken. The Texans didn't draft him. Remember that shit? (laughs) Um, Let's see here. He was 21 of 27, 240, and a touchdown. I just had a moment of silence for you dumb fucks. That's what that was, by the way. It was a moment of silence for this fucking guy who wanted me to look up the stats. You wanted me to pull up 21 of 27 for 240 yards and a touchdown? (laughs) So Derek Carr is now a top five quarterback, Bruce Helms? Holy shit. He just rocked the house versus the Texans through for 240 and a touchdown. He might have broke the goddamn NFL record last night. Holy fuck. I don't don't think Josh Jacobs had anything to do with winning last night. What have I say? Run the football? It travels? Running the football? Play good defense? It travels? Josh Jacobs, I think, had a career night last night, just like he was on track doing against the Chiefs. Maybe the head coach, McDaniels, who was an offensive coordinator, figured out if I run Josh McDaniels, we might win football games because our roster is really good, our quarterback's really shitty, and our running back's really fucking good. And if our own line has the best left tackle in football, we can run behind that guy with Josh Jacobs. Maybe we'll win some fucking football games. But what does JB know? What does JB know? Guess what? They ran the fucking football with Josh Jacobs. They won the game, and guess what? You only threw the ball 27 times. 27 times. (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Uh, 
Who wants to know? Who wants to know that, Wido? Who wants to know that? Uh, I'll tell you exactly why. That's an easy one. That's not a hard conversation at all to have, by the way. Not a hard one at all. Brian, what happened, dog? I thought you were coming to the event, homie. Where's my boy Josh at? Josh didn't even come either. He flaked out on me, too. Hey, let me ask you something. Oh, Bruce wants to know? Where's Bruce at? This motherfucker Bruce, homie. Did you really say that, Bruce? No fucking way. Where's Bruce's ass at? I want to see. I I can't even find it. The chat's going crazy. Let, 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 let me let me break this down here. If Bruce really asked me why I give credit to Daniel Jones in the fourth quarter compared to Derek Carr. It's not fucking rocket science, Bruce Helms. It's real fucking easy. It's real fucking easy. Number one, Daniel Jones has a roster that is so limited that no other fucking quarterback on that in the NFL could win with because Daniel Jones has to win with his feet and Saquon Barkley compared to with his arm throwing the ball around. So having said that, usually they are down in football games headed to the fourth quarter in striking distance, within striking distance. Derek Carr is a self-generating fourth quarter comeback winner. You know what that means, Bruce Helms? That means he orchestrates losing the game going into the fourth quarter because he's thrown three pick sixes in the first, second, and third quarter that has put the Raiders down. And then he comes back in the fourth quarter and he comes back and wins games or brings them back. So if you are down every fourth quarter because how shitty you played in the first, second, and third quarter, don't fucking think you're doing something good. You're just doing what you're being paid to do. Throw the ball to your team, you dumb fuck. But guess what? Fuck yeah, Devontae knows he fucked up. Devontae Adams knows damn well he fucked up. Why don't Lamar Jackson have any fourth quarter comeback? You know what he does too? Guess what? He don't score any fucking points in the second half at all. And if he does give up leads, he throws pick sixes and throws picks and turns the ball over because he's not that guy to orchestrate third down movement. He can't get first downs. Can't get first downs. So you want praise for coming back in the fourth quarter for what shit you stirred up in the first, second, and third. That's crazy to me. That's like the bully who beats your ass every single day and then beats up another bully that picked on you. (laughs) Because you know why? No, you're his bitch, motherfucker. He wants to only beat your ass. So when the other bully beat his ass, he beat his ass. Your ass wants this motherfucker. That is oxymoron-ish. You're an oxymoron-speaking fucking hypocrite, Bruce Helms. Shut the fuck up. How about you just shut the fuck up? That is what you should do. Hey, Radavius Hall. It's not slander, homie. It's not slander. We're not slandering Lamar Jackson. When have I came out and said I'm slandering? When have I slandered Lamar Jackson? Let me know. I'm curious. I want to know. I want to know, Radavius Hall, that you're not a member. I want to know when I slandered him. Do you even know what slander means? 
Slander means I go into his personal life. I go out and say, you know what? He's a shitty character. He hit a girl. He fucking had 75 massage therapist girls come in and, and, I, and I tried to solicit sex. That is slander because I, that's factual evidence that we found out. And we are assassinating his character for something that he did or did not do criminally. Deshaun Watson is criminally. He's not charged, right? So slander would be to say he's a criminal. I don't know if he's a criminal. He has no criminal charges. I'm not saying he's a criminal. I think he's just a weirdo fuck. So having said that, when have I slandered Lamar? When have I slandered him? You're another fuck who can't take any criticism. You think correction is criticism. So just because I correct what he's doing wrong, you take it as slander. Because you're a soft, enabled, little baby who can't handle the truth. Just like a lot of people in America. You're soft, homie. Let's call a square a square and a circle a circle. You is soft as runny baby shit. You're soft. You're soft, Radavius Hall. How did I make an excuse for Daniel Jones having no weapons but down Lamar? Do you are you fucking that retarded, homie? Are you that dumb? Are you that fucking dumb? Do you know that receivers don't go there for a fucking reason? And Daniel Jones inherited a roster. Lamar Jackson has actually lost a roster to other teams because they don't want to fucking stay there because he can't throw the football. You fucking idiot. You motherfuckers just talk without... Show me your resume, motherfucker, before I start talking to you. No shit they have a tight end in. Wait till Mark Mark Edwards or whoever it is leaves. Wait till he leaves because he ain't getting the ball like he should either. Get the fuck out of here. Hollywood Brown left for a reason. Quarterback, wide receivers are not, guess what? They got fucking Deshaun Jackson, dog. Yay. Mark Andrews, yeah. They got Deshaun Jackson, a 35-year-old over-the-hill receiver that used to be fast who's going to pull his hamstring out real fast. That is the best receiver they could find. He had nine completions yesterday, homie. Nine. Yeah, I know a lot of top-notch receivers that want to go play for Lamar Jackson. Guess what? We got four receivers on the field. Guess what, dog? Each one of you guys can possibly get a ball, and then Andrews will get five. (laughs) Hey, you think you'll get a big bag receiver? Hey, dog, we get the ball. We get the ball, like, once a game. Shit, we only, you know, he complete nine balls. We get the ball once a game. Fuck it. Let's go there. We we want to go there. <laughs> John Ross, because he ran a fast 40. I coach John, by the way. John Ross ran a fast 40. He, this, this NFL era is faster and stronger than ever. <laughs> Holy fuck, some of you guys are, you need to automatically be blocked, some of you. Some of you guys need to be automatically blocked for some of the dumb shit you say. Holy fuck. You bash Lamar, but you make excuses for Daniels. No, I don't. I don't make excuses for Daniel Jones. I make fucking, I tell the truth about Daniel Jones. He has no roster, no O-line, no nothing. 
Baltimore is losing receivers because they can't throw the football. There's a completely different thing. <laughs> Holy shit. Let's get into this Colt thing. I got about five minutes. Let's get into the Colts. And, the, and, and we've already talked enough about the Broncos, who I picked at the beginning of the year, which I'm going to have to eat crow on, it looks like. The, the Colts are another one. You know, why are they so fucking inconsistent week in, week out? They Matt Ryan throws for 400 yards last week. Everyone's dicks hard to our Colts fans. We all are back. We're back. Colts are back. We're good. We're fucking excited. Then we come back and play the Titans. We lose uh, two weeks ago to the Titans. Now, or three weeks ago. Now we lose again to the Titans because Vrabel and the Titans are going to run down your throat. They're going to play solid defense. They're going to be physical. And that is the culture that is ingrained in Tennessee. The culture that is ingrained in Indianapolis is a hit and miss. It's okay. We're shitty at quarterback. Let's go get another quarterback. Now we're average at that spot again. We thought Matt Ryan was going to be an upgrade from Wentz. I believe he is an upgrade from Wentz. But at the same time, he's a hit and miss guy. He's on his way out, of obviously, of the league. He's old. He's top 10 in every category, Matt Ryan. God bless his soul. I thought he was going to have a great resurgent year. But I have so many missing. There's so many parts to break down of this Colts team. Taylor's not what he was already just one year removed. Everyone thought he was the MVP. New Adrian Peterson. This guy's the guy. He has been either hurt Injured or absolutely just fell off the fucking map. Like, how the fuck has this guy who was young fallen completely off the map? Let me tell you why. Let me give you a, let me tell you some truth, all right? Redavious Hall. Let me break down some real truth here, all right? Let me break something down that no one talks about. As a recruiter and a guy that actually has this on his resume and a guy that actually knows what the fuck he's talking about, this is why I recruited the best running backs I could find and try to get all of them. All of them. I tried to get 10 of them. All right? You want to hear recruiting one-on-one? I tried to get 10 fucking guys to come to Independence, to come wherever I was. You know why? And you know how I got all of them? You know how I got Rakeem Boyd to play alongside of a, of a Kingston Davis who came from Michigan or, 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 or 30 other dudes that I brought in? Morgan Juice Ellison, who was a Big Ten freshman of the year at Indiana who ran for 200 yards on Ohio State. You know how I got all these guys to come play together? I said, unlike the other schools competing against me for the same kid, I'm going to give you some recruiting advice. I got all 10 of them because not only am I the best recruiter in America, <laughs> not to pat it myself on the back, but I was real with them. And you are seeing what is happening to Taylor right now, exactly why I got those kids at, at Independence and everywhere I've ever been. They said, Coach, I was told I'm going to get 45 carries at Butler. You're telling me I'm going to get 10. Fucking right, you're going to get 10. And so are you, so are you, and so are you. And their parents are looking at me like, Coach, we want to be the featured back. I said, really? You want to be the featured back at a JUCO? You're already coming from Alabama. You already are at AM. Everyone in America knows who you guys are. All you need to do is be healthy, stay safe, stay upright, get you 10 carries, rip those 10 carries, 
get re-recruited, and stay fucking healthy. Keep your body fresh. Let me ask everybody. Hey, dog, where's Taylor from? What offense did he come from? Wisconsin. Wisconsin, right? What does Wisconsin do? What did Wisconsin do to Taylor and with Taylor? He carried the ball 40 times a game at Wisconsin. He looks like he's 40 years old right now. He came from a running back U where they ran him to the ground. This is what I don't do with my guys. But guess what? Why has anyone ever in the fucking on ESPN or Fox came out and told you what I'm telling you right now? He is dead. He is buried. He got ran to the ground. That is why I did not do to Rakeem Boyd. Guess what? Rakeem Boyd left me, went to Arkansas, and left the SEC in rushing, motherfucker. On a, on a no-win team in Arkansas. They le- he led the SEC in rushing through like six weeks, two years in a row. That is why I did what I did, and that's why I will always beat you out for running backs. That's why they won't let me have a D1 job. That's why they know that I'll beat that ass because people don't think out the box when they recruit, and they're not real with their kids. That is why I got the best players in America because I knew I wasn't gonna, they knew I wasn't throwing them to the wolves and using them as a piece of meat in a meat market. That is what this is, homie. It's a meat market. The pieces of meat in the market are the kids. Taylor got ran in the ground at Wisconsin. And if you gave me a Division I job tomorrow, I would have six of the best running backs in America on my roster. And you'd be like, damn, these backs are excelling like a motherfucker. And guess what? They're all going to the NFL and having a long career. And a long career in the NFL is five good years. Taylor is absolutely cooked. Already, he is cooked. And nobody on ESPN, nobody on these platforms have brought up that fact that I just said. And I'm, gonna, I'm doing this for a reason. Watch how ESPN, watch how Deion Sanders, watch how some of these motherfuckers who steal my shit, I'm just going to fucking tell you straight out. They're fucking going to say it here shortly. Just watch. Don't think these motherfuckers ain't watching, homie. I know. I talk to these people. I know the fuck they're watching, and they take shit from my shit and turn it into their own words on those big shows. Don't get it twisted. Deion Sanders, homie, says literally every fucking thing I say on Netflix and retwists it. Don't think it ain't happening. Go listen to the last 20 takes that Deion Sanders has come out and said. Do you think Deion Sanders is, was been preaching, sit in the front row in class and don't wear no slides because slippers don't count where I'm from, motherfucker? Go watch my show and then come out and go see what the fuck Deion's been saying. <laughs> I've been sent so many messages on what he says, dog, that I've been saying for 20 years as a coach. Go out there and peep it out, dog. Hey, what do I know, though, homie? Hey, listen. It's been great, man. I appreciate everybody in this chat. Hit the like button, subscribe. Become a member if you're not a member. The best $1.99 you can spend. Uh, this show is growing. That's what she said. Make sure you head on over to CoachJBStore.com. Get you some merch, some gear. Uh, we got it all. Uh, check me out on Whitlock later today. I'll be on Whitlock show at 10 o'clock this morning. In about an hour, I got to get ready to go on that every Monday. He airs it on later on in the day, 6 o'clock in the afternoon on the, on the West Coast. Uh, or 4 o'clock on the West Coast, 7 on the East. 
Uh, he drops the episodes every week. I come on, bring that fire on Jason Whitlock's show. We break all things down. Quarterback, last chance Q, right here above me. And uh, perfect segue. Uh, Lucy, I know you love the haters. They're your biggest fans. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Much love to you, dog. Uh, I will see you guys tomorrow right here. Same time, same place. Don't ever miss it. Pound that like button, man. Much love to everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. Let's blow it up. We need to get 1,000 live this week. Peace. Peace.